Attention broadcasters in the greater Portland area. Your daily show prep begins now. Good morning Something to you. Something wrong with that? No, not at all, Tim. Not in any way. A while away, the hours listening to the great, the great Gildersleeve. You have at it. It is one minute and 15 seconds after the hour of five in this, the uh, month of June of the year of our Lord, 2009. Thank you for coming along and making a part of your listening day. We are live from the plushly appointed yet not overly ostentatious studios of Rock 101 KUFO in beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. Thank you for uh, coming by. It's 503-228-4101. It is Monday, and uh, welcome to Day 12. My name is Rick Emerson, alongside Sarah X. Dillon, Greg Nibbler, and in the newsroom, uh, Tim Riley. And greetings... Who you all? All right. So before we do anything else, we should say that we've got, I mean, we got like 900 uh, things we have to play today. Is it pieces of sound, aggregations of audio? Do you have that? Do you have the Megan McCain thing from uh, Friday with Bill Maher? I have Bill Maher without the Megan McCain thing. He's he's doing part of his monologue. I did watch a whole show. It was. It's part of my destination viewing on Friday nights. I have to tell you, the, I had to really, like her. Here's the thing about Meghan McCain. See, so the worm is turning because I remember when I was the only one in this room that found her, uh, that found her compelling or interesting in uh, in any way at all. So on, I guess it would have been Saturday afternoon. I got an email from our, uh, our good friend uh, Keelan, uh, who lives in Las Vegas, and he sent me this email. And the subject line was, I think the subject line was something like, you know, the, 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 the Meghan McCain gets her clock cleaned. You know, by by Bill Ma- Bill Maher, Megan McCain gets you know pwned or something on the on the Bill Maher show, and I think she did it purposely. I don't know, man. I I have to tell you that I I pulled the audio and I was listening back to it this morning, and it made me cringe again today. So my my loyalties are re- it's this is where you see all of the various um all of the various component parts of my personality coming into conflict with one another. Because on the other, you know, on the one hand, I like trashy girls. On the other hand, I really just abhor stupidity. And so it was sort of the irresistible force of her trashy hotness meets the immovable object of her, her dense, uh, denseness. And so, um, anyway, so I have that. So I pulled that audio, uh, the first thing when I came in this morning, and it uh, it just made me shudder in horror and fascination all over again. All right, so we've uh, we've got that coming up. Uh, we've got CNN Radio correspondent Lisa Desjardins, who will join us uh, from the Hill later on today. We'll talk to Jim Roop, who I guess... It wasn't Chris Brown's trial today, was it? It's his arraignment he's today. A, yeah. Was it a? Uh, That's today. I don't think it was the arraignment. Wait I think it was his hearing. Let me. I think I'll, it was I'll the preliminary hearing. I'll double check that. I think the arraignment is where they where they tell him he's got the charges, yeah. and then I think there's like another thing later on where he he either pleads guilty or not. I think today is the first day of the hearing, whatever that might mean. Uh, well, I'll start to uh, CNN Radio correspondent Steve Kastenbaum uh, from New York City. Lots to give away today as well. We have a, a pair of reserved tickets uh, to uh, Stain, Shine Down, Chevelle, and Hailstorm as part of KUFO's Summer of Rock. Yeah, it is a hearing for Chris Brown. It's the preliminary hearing. Yeah, today? excellent. Uh, what else? We've also got uh, tickets to the Portland Timbers versus Sarah. Help me out, Bairn. Bairn. 
Oh, I don't know. Bayern? <laughs> they're playing so Bayern, I don't know. Oh, Munich. You're, you're the Timbers fan. There you go. I got Versus, why don't you just Some say team from Munich? They're, they're playing somebody. This is really a thing where I could have used some more preparation on this. Portland Timbers versus... Munich. Bayern. Bayern? <laughs> Bayern? Greg, anything? That's great. Awesome. Well, in any events, we've got Portland Timbers tickets we're going to be uh, uh, giving away, so um, as well as a half-off certificate to Pearl District uh, Tattoo. That is, uh, that's all in the way. We have a uh, Darwin watch coming up today, Geek watch coming up today. Uh, we have, I have a truly disturbing mugshot uh, uh, that we'll be uh, posting later on in the program, and uh, your phone calls as well. It's 503-228-4101. You can also email if you like. It's Rick at rickemerson.com rick at rickemerson.com sarah with an h at kufo.com tim at kufo.com or nibbler n-i-b-l-e-r at kufo.com uh, uh, we are joined today as always by the lovely and talented sarah Stillman. hello how are you today good i feel like a failure though to the timbers i don't know how to pronounce bayern bayern it doesn't look like a series of words uh, and letters that ought to go together it doesn't b-a-y-e-r-n it says Munich, so they must be from they must be from Munich, well, it's Germany, a, it's right? It's an expo game, so yeah, so they usually um, these are games that don't really count toward their. Um, so it's not like Munich, Idaho, or something. It's no? like, like an actual overseas team they're going to be playing. It is an international team. This is so confusing. Sports uh, it just befuddle me in every in every conceivable fashion. All right, well that's great. We're off to a flying start today. That's wonderful. Woo-hoo. How are you, Sarah? How was your weekend? Oh man, it was ridiculous. I went to. Um, the opening of the Swingers Club. So you did go. I did go. Because I saw that you called me Friday at like, I don't know, maybe 7 or 8 or something. And I, I I must have missed the call or I didn't. Oh, I gave you a new ringtone, by the way. Do you have your phone with you? Yeah. All right, hold on a second. I added a new ringtone that is uh, that is just for you. Because I do that thing sometimes of having the phone in my pocket and then it rings. And you, this is how lazy I am. I occasionally don't want to take the phone out of my pocket to see who it is. I'd like to know right away if I can ignore them. And so my, my default ring is just the Arrested Development theme, and then Lara's got uh, her own ringtone, but that's the only custom ringtone I have. Everybody else, you know, everything else is just that Arrested Development ukulele thing. I have now given you, though, your own ringtone. Go ahead and, go ahead and call my phone. Okay. You might want to drop the uh, mono bed there, and then just uh, I'll hold my, uh... all right. It says it's connected. All right. It's ringing on my end. Hmm. Wait. Wait for it. Is that an electric razor? Wait. <laughs> there you go. Fantastic. So I, I'd like that was a long that. way to go for a payoff, but it was worth it. I'd like to hear that ring in the middle of a theater during a quiet moment in a movie. At a touching uh-huh. at a, at a, at a, at a, a touching somebody juncture of emotions that. during the film where somebody says, And I found out that it's malignant, and I just wanted to tell you in my remaining moments on earth. Oh, see now I wish I had the sound by queued up again. Why to, don't you? I thought you did. No, I have nothing. So it would be so, so this is where somebody would say, look, there's just one thing I want you to know before I, I die. And this is the thing that you need to know most of all before I shuffle off this mortal coil. And that is the... And then it would just be me uh, trying to mute my phone frantically. That's All right, kind of go. amazing. Awesome. So I got your phone call on, uh, uh, I saw your phone call on Friday, but I didn't get a chance to answer it. So I didn't know, were you calling from inside the, no, the, we didn't the Ron Jeremy till, sex club? Until about nine. Well, we um, we all hung out beforehand and 
Nib- uh, Nibbler came with uh, my friend Kelsey and I. Excellent. And we all had, we drank 40s before we went to the sex club. <laughs> because it is a classy place. <laughs> oh, I, was... <laughs> I, I should apologize to Miss Dylan before we begin. When she came through the door, <laughs> next to the open door, all the couple people are prepping their show. The first thing I said, how is a sex club? <laughs> <laughs> really, really lovely. Awesome. That's <laughs> wonderful. Like I'm like, it's good. <laughs> well, they need to live vicariously through somebody. So, uh, no, yeah, I'll, I'll talk more about it later, but it was... what. One of the most ex- interesting nights of my life. So this is okay. So I we have a bunch of stuff to get to today. So but but I but I will ask you. We'll get to the whole thing later. We'll set aside kind of a we'll set aside a whole portion of the program to to get the sort of uh you know the frame by frame recap of Friday. But yeah, Nibbler can recap too because we were kind of each other's buddies. Like we're just like gripping onto sex each other club like buddies. So <laughs> sex club buddies. Is that sort of like when you have swimming buddies? Like when you're being <laughs> taught how to do the broad stroke or something? The um so to speak. The, is this like um, was this like just a, a sort of a media like no, an no, ex- no, like no. A, is this like an exhibition game but with sex or you know or was the, the club actually open and you oh, know it, uh, it was swinging open for business the sex <laughs> was a happening all right then it was surreal fantastic I, I saw more naked people. Than I in one room that I ever have in my entire life. See, so uh, well, let me just ask you. Okay, final question, and then we'll we'll actually have the whole discussion about it. With, I don't have time to do it now, but I uh, are you? How do I put this? Is it a thing uh, that? Is it a thing you're glad you did? Oh yeah. All right. Oh yeah, it was everything that I would have ever expected it to be and more. Plus, got to hang out with Ron Jeremy. All right. Well, that is tantalizing. I have a story about Ron Jeremy, too. All right. Excellent. Okay. So that's all on the way. Let's pay a visit to the news desk with your personal savior, Tim Riley. In the news with Tim Riley. Good morning, everyone. It is 5.09. Expect mostly sunny skies today. Highs near 70. One man is dead, another critically injured, and a third with minor wounds during an apartment fire in North Portland. This happened over the weekend at 5811 North Lombard. Fire officials were called there at 11.30, found much of the fire and smoke coming out of a second-story window. Nearby apartments evacuated. Uh, Two men were able to escape. They were taken to a manual. One is in critical condition. Eyewitnesses said the fire spread to another apartment, which was damaged in the firefighting effort. Caused about $80,000 worth of damage to the building. And they say it was due to an overloaded extension cord. Meanwhile, Oregon health plan cuts could hurt those that it... There it is supposed to... Boy, this is really... Okay. They proposed $8.9 million cuts, which are currently being reviewed. Plus, it's boiling hot in here. By the Ways and Means Committee, would eliminate most of the vision and dental coverage from adults on the health care plan. Reports show many of the adults who could be affected are disabled or living in poverty. Incidentally, I'm glad that... Don't take this the wrong way. I'm glad that you kind of uh, fumbled a bit just now. I mean, you made a flawless recovery. No, it's don't like, get me wrong. I'm listening to somebody else reading this. That's exactly... The, the, that whole <laughs> beginning of the show, We I'm now already uh, post-morteming uh, today's program. The whole beginning of the show that we did, like seven or eight minutes ago, when you and I were talking about Meghan McCain, I had exactly that same sensation where I was sort of looking down at myself like when you hear those people talk about it and then I looked down and I was on the emergency room table being operated on but then I was floating toward a ghostly I'm watching a newsman read exactly as I'm flapping my wings above him (laughs) you have wings well never mind anyway but I had exactly that same since I think you're, I think you're conflating two things. I don't think you're supposed to have wings in those scenarios. I think that's where you're, unless you're talking about angels' wings. I think uh, this is the 
you talked about the out-of-body sensation of looking down and seeing yourself yes. in front of a microphone. I had that about six or seven minutes ago as we were opening the program. I was listening. Who's that guy talking about Megan McCain with Tim Riley? Oh, that's me. Wow, I'm, I'm really bungling that. I wish there was something I could do to make things go better. Let me try something safe and let somebody else speak here by using long cuts of sound. <laughs> Apparently, over the weekend, Spike Television, which nobody watches, had an award show that nobody knew about called the 2009 Guy Awards. Get out those naked lady mud flaps with this one. Mel Gibson, who was a host, rode in on a horse and was wearing a oh. Vikings helmet. Yes, really. Really, what Man, else do you Spike. need to know? Spikeman. Yeah. I no. see before me an army here to honor their heroes. Uh, no. Uh, heroes. Who remind us not only what it means to be a man, but lest we ever forget what it means to be. Is that a fire? Is something burning in the background? I'm not sure. I immediately regret playing this cut. We say to all demancipators, they can take away our lives. Demancipators? They can never take away our balls! (laughs) Wow. For all you morons. Will you fight? Will you fight? Will you fight? Who is taking them away? Okay. And where are they being kept? There you go. I was ready that time. I uh, <laughs> I was not prepared. The, I was not prepared the last time that soundbite was called for. The that crackling fire sound was really distracting. Let's just stop for one second. So. And try to get a hold of ourselves. I don't know what channel this Spike TV is anyway. I I didn't even know that this awards uh, thing was happening. The first thing I heard about it was this morning when I came in and I saw that there was all of this coverage of it. And it seems here's what it, it's like one of those um, it's like one of those odd sort of sub VMA award shows that they have on other channels where it's just you know where it's like from just for made for TV movies or like the soap opera awards or something, but not even really on that level. And they had. Uh, apparently, some some sort of A list celebrities, which is a little which is a little weird because I think Clint Eastwood was actually yeah. there. I think that Clint Eastwood accepted an award of some kind. Mm-hmm. So I wonder if he actually was if they if they gave him like the, the, the straight dope about what it was, or if they lied to him and told him it was something. No, no, no! It's the Ingmar Bergman Awards. No, you'll uh, no, just go in this door on a station that nobody's watching. Seriously, I mean, and the idea that somebody at this point is inviting uh, is inviting Mel Gibson to come speak at something. The uh, Brad Pitt. I will say this. From what I saw, Brad Pitt did have a great moment where he came out to accept, I don't know, he came out to accept something, or give some sort of a speech or something, and he referenced that weird, um, that weird breakdown that, uh, that Mel Gibson had a couple years ago where he was a drunk in the middle of the street screaming all that anti-Semitic gibberish, and he said, what are you looking at, sugar blanks? Yes. Mm-hmm. And I think Brad Pitt actually ended his acceptance speech with that phrase, which is pretty great. Are you it, serious? Yes. Yeah. Thanks, <laughs> There you go. See, so beyond that, I don't really know anything else that happened. They got Brad Pitt there? That seems just surreal. That's what I'm saying. It doesn't seem like they must have lied and told them it was something else. What was the actual name of the awards? Uh, The uh, 2009 Guy Awards. (laughs) I'm trying to figure out if it's funny or if I play it off my cell phone like that or if I'm actually playing sort of the, uh, you know, sort of full spectrum. I don't know. I'm going to have to weigh that as we go on throughout the day. They, it was the Guy Awards, and as I told uh, as I told Sarah when we came in, it was almost it was like the Max Nine Ten Awards or something. It really, it was just it was just a flashback to a whole lot of bad from a couple of years ago when they were trying to shove us into like some retarded guy talk <laughs> format. I mean, it really it was like an elongated, visually accompanied version of that. 
All right, okay. Uh, well, we should do this. We should get uh, caught up. When we come back. I will try to have uh, full control of my speech. And, uh, I'm going to have thing. a bowl of oatmeal. Usually I feel better after that. <laughs> Sarah already sounds fantastic, and I'm sure that Greg is batting a 1,000. So, mm-hmm. really, it's Tim and I who need to step up our game. We'll, uh, we'll endeavor to do that when we, uh, when we return right here on the... Rick Emerson Show. It is Rock 101 KUFO. We're back after this. You stay right there. We return around the corner with Steve Kastenbaum from New York City. One-stop shopping for all your cult-like devotion. It's like if let loose, they would kill you or leave you behind to die in a blizzard. RickEmerson.com. Why, good morning to you. It is the Rick Emerson Radio Program, live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon, on Rock 101 KUFO. It's 503-228-4101. All right, let's go around the room and see how our mouths are working. Hello, Sarah X. Dillon, how are you? Hello, I'm doing fabulous. All right, Tim Riley? I just couldn't be better. All right. What headlines are you following for the good people of uh, Portland on Monday morning? Well, fancy you should ask. Remember those people we talked about at Salem who were evicted from their homes due to that bomb scare? They're back home. They didn't find anything else. And uh, we're going to talk about the elephants of the Oregon Zoo. Some people who don't like elephants, some people who don't like the zoo. And a new, uh, well, an old port icon helps open up a brand new club. I wonder who that could be and where that was. Excellent. Uh, somebody's asking if uh, Ron Jeremy broke into Sarah's house and watched her while she slept. Oh, everyone's a jokester. Yes, they are. Let's look out of the Rick Emerson radio program from CNN Radio, New York City. Steve Kastenbaum. Hello, sir. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm uh, I'm okay. Actually, here's here's what just happened. So... During the uh, at the top of the hour here, when we opened up today's uh, show, we were batting about fifty percent. Uh, Greg, our production assistant, he's doing very well today. He's at the top of his game. Sarah Dillon is uh, very funny and uh, you know well spoken already at this early hour. Tim and myself, it was a bit of a different story. Um, I uh, sort of started the show as I always do, and immediately just mangled the phone number right out of the gate. Then at one point, actually, it was unable to pronounce my own name. Then tried to promote some of the things that were coming up later on today and just found myself in the middle of one big verbal train wreck. So I handed it over to Tim, and Tim was suffering from the uh, same sort of conversational plague. So uh, really about half of us are able to do our jobs correctly at the moment, but I'm sure that we're going to turn that around any second now. I can totally relate. Yeah, it's just it's just one of those days where all of the various component parts of my mouth are not working in concert with one another, but... uh... It's okay. You know, I've got uh, we we have a positive outlook here, so things are gonna uh, things are gonna come together for us. Hey, let me uh, before we do anything else, let me ask you this about this about this Iran thing. I can't tell sometimes what news is real and what news is just being uh, foisted off onto me by corporate lackeys in some PR department somewhere. If I asked you this, hey, are all those Iranian protesters communicating with the rest of the world via Twitter? Would you uh, tell me that that's true, or would you tell me that that's a thing I've just been fed by some sort of marketing department somewhere? Well, while there are undoubtedly many uh, tweets, and I hate using that word, to be honest, in a report, but there are many uh, Twitter entries coming to us from people in Iran. It's hard to say, you know, what percentage of the people on the ground there are actually using Twitter, but we are definitely getting information through those posts, and we're getting video and and uh, still pictures uh, through the Internet from people on the ground in Iran as well. So it definitely is 
the case that we are, are, are having the, the Internet uh, as our main source of information from the ground at these demonstrations right now because uh, Iran continues its clampdown on media coverage of these events. In fact, they actually kicked out the longstanding BBC correspondent in uh, Tehran just the other day. Well, and this is what always happens, right? This is like back to even like Gulf War One, where they, uh, you know, they came through and they kicked out all the Western journalists, except for, of course, CNN, who is still there. And they were, uh, you know, there's uh, the Peter Arnett and Bernard Shaw and those guys. They were, you know, in that hotel right. sort of covering uh, all of the shelling that was happening. But this is always the deal. They try to sweep everybody out, but they just... You know, but that's just impossible to do now uh, because there's always some there's always some method of communication. But but this is but this is the time where over the weekend where the where the Iranian government really just said like, okay, no fool and like knock it off, or we're going to come in there and clean house. Yeah, and uh, things are getting uh, definitely more tense in Iran right now. Uh, the Guardian Council uh, acknowledged that in I think 50 cities that there were more ballots cast than registered voters in those cities, yet they're still saying that the vote was legal and that they reject the uh, overwhelming number of irregularities that have been pointed out to them by opposition candidates and their supporters. And uh, there's a big power struggle going on right now in, in the upper echelons of Iranian government between two different camps. That's what this really is right now. And uh, they all have apparently impeccable revolutionary uh, credentials. They, you know, they've been with the revolution since the beginning. So there's there's definitely an internal power struggle going on right now at the top. Well, here's a dumb question. So it it seems like that is not a government that is. Uh, it seems like corruption has been sort of the rule rather than the exception of that place for a long time. So why now? Why is this? Why why is this suddenly um, a sort of critical mass in terms of and sort of people, you know, in terms of the uprising of the citizens? Well, they've. They, the demonstrations have coalesced, obviously, around the uh, the voting irregularities and the belief that the election was rigged and that uh, many votes were just not counted and that there was ballot stuffing. So that brought out the people uh, into the streets. And there is a large segment of Iran's population that is dissatisfied with Ahmadinejad, both um, uh, on his uh, very uh, hawkish uh, attitude towards the West and also what's been going on internally in the government. They're not happy with a lot of his... Uh, policies uh, internally in Iran. So those, those two issues brought out the voters in mass. Also, because Rafsanjani, a former president of, of Iran, uh, came out in support for Mousavi, uh, the, the chief opposition candidate, this really coalesced uh, the, the, the populace that was uh, dissatisfied with Ahmadinejad and wanted him out. Uh, just before we wrap this up, this is completely apropos of nothing. I should ask, were you at all aware that Spike Television had some sort of what was it, Tim? Dude Awards? Guy Awards? Guy Awards. Guy Awards show? Well, I wasn't even nominated. I didn't know. That's... It's one of those things that is completely underneath the radar, and I'm trying to figure out if... Hold on a second. I'm distracted by the fact... Do you have new tattoos, Sarah? Oh, no, it's a press-on one. <laughs> all right, okay. So those are those, you didn't just... No, I didn't get a castle with little hearts all over it. Okay, that's really what I was... I just was looking on Sarah's forearm, and she did appear... She had what appeared to You're be... Looking, a, I took off the neck one this morning. A little house uh, surrounded by red hearts, and I couldn't figure out if that was just a little flair you'd added to yourself over no, the weekend. No, no, no. <laughs> all right, well, in any event, it just... When you get a chance, go online and look at these the Spike uh, Guy Awards, and... 
sort of try to reconcile the facts that, uh, A, I had no idea it was happening. I had no idea it was coming up. I hadn't even heard about it until this week or you know, until this morning when it had already taken place. And yet they had, uh, it was like Clint Eastwood and Brad Pitt and what was that? Mel Gibson started by riding on stage in a horse. It was just the weirdest thing. It's just the most surreal, uh, the most surreal program. So just watch it when you get a chance and just sort of. It just sort of let it wash over you like some sort of weird, uh, you know, like some sort of weird Dada-esque, uh, uh, you know, experience. It's all very bizarre. We're Wait, so like strange the actual, time. like, names that we would know actually showed up to receive their... Clint Eastwood. That was the strangest thing. It's like Tim and I were talking about it today. I had I had no advanced knowledge that it was going to air. I didn't know it was on this weekend. The first I heard about it was when I came in this weekend. And there was some sort of a recap of the Spike TV Guy Awards. And, you know, there's like a billion different award shows that are always on, and you can't keep track of everything. But then, like, I'm watching clips of it, and the first thing I see is, like, Clint Eastwood came out to accept something, immediately followed by Brad Pitt. Because the weirdest thing is somebody's palm is being greased with something at Spike TV. There's a... Wow, I yeah. mean, those are big names. It's, uh, they got them out. Wow. It's, a strange, it's a strange world. All right, my friend. As always, have a fantastic day. We'll talk with you soon. Thank you. Take care. There you go. Steve Kastenbaum, ladies and gentlemen. Hey, do you have this thing about the weird-looking Avon lady that seduced this teenage boy? I heard the story, but I didn't see the lady. It's off. Here, I'll show you her picture right now, Tim. No. That's why I did that. All right, there you go. Does it look like she's got one weird dreadlock that goes down to her knee? It does. Yes. And, by the way, her forehead is all bandaged up. What is she wearing? I don't know the answer to that. It appears to be a shower curtain of some kind, but, you know, I don't really know that I could take the Pepsi challenge with that. It's 503-228-4101. Straight ahead, we'll have news uh, with Tim Riley. Later on, Cena Radio correspondent Jim Roop gives us the latest on uh, Chris Brown. And we'll have another installment of We Read the Tabloid So You Don't Have To. That's all coming up. It is the Rick Emerson Radio Program. It is Portland, Oregon. It is Monday morning. Broadcasting in standard definition. If you don't have a place where you can hold these people, you this is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. And good morning to you. It's Monday. It is the Rick Emerson Show live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon on Rock 101 KUFO. For those of you playing the home game... About 15 minutes ago, the thermostat was set at 65 degrees, and it was 82 degrees in here. Tim has now lowered the thermostat to, like, 40, so I expect that it'll be no more than 78 degrees within just an hour or two. It is a little warm in here. All right. That's great. It's 503-228-4101. Still to come today, we'll talk to CNN Radio correspondent Jim Root from Los Angeles about uh, Chris Brown, who uh, I guess his uh, preliminary hearing is happening. Here's the thing. I say that like I even know what it means, and I don't. There was the... There's the arresting, the booking, the arraignment, the arraignment, and then this is the preliminary hearing. But I don't even really know what that means as compared Not to a trial. Not getting serious, I guess. But what's well, I mean, a lawyer's going to make more money? But I mean, what's the difference between a hearing and a trial? Well, I guess this is what Jim will answer for us. So uh, a, a trial is they have the jury. But then what? Okay, so uh, what happens at a hearing? A hearing, the prosecution lays out the case. But there's no jury there. Correct. Is this? They just, can only go so far. They lay it out for whom? For the judge. Right. Do you know, or are you bluffing no, right now? I know. 
All right, I think this is like I think this is like sixty-five percent knowledge, thirty-five percent bluff happening right now as we speak here on the Rick Emerson Show, ladies and gentlemen. At the news desk, your personal savior and knower of all things, Tim Riley. In the news with Tim Riley. So a suicidal man with a bow and arrow closes down the I-5 bridge for hours. The drama unfolds around four yesterday afternoon. He threatened to jump and a bow and arrow. So he ties up uh, traffic for four hours, forcing the closure of the interstate bridge. So why should we build a new bridge when one guy can close down the other one with just a bow and arrow? So I was uh, so I was flipping by uh, the television yesterday, and I saw it was and it's that headline you see on every channel, right? You see it at the bottom where it says, you know, I five South Bridge closed, man threatening to jump. And the frustrating thing about it is, you can already see to the end of the page. You know he's not going to. Ju- Here's the thing. Somebody who threatens to jump never will. The guy who jumps is the guy that never gives you any heads up. The guy who actually plummets off the bridge, that's a guy who has something he needs to get done so he doesn't tip off the man in advance. If you go there and you're sort of wavering and prevaricating like a nitwit, that is all the tell anybody needs that you're not actually going to follow through on any of your plans, and all you're going to do is inconvenience everybody for hours on end. So the best thing to do in this case is to put up these signs that say, jump here. Yes. That way they have no excuse if somebody threatens it, no, no, over there where the sign is, where it says jump here. Or you know what, or we ought to just... Holding us up. Or the sides of the, because I'm assuming he was like on the guardrail or whatever, I like guess. on the on sort of a you know, pedestrian path or something. But here, all, and this is not just Portland, but I mean, you know, all bridges everywhere. But in this in this case, Portland, the bridges ought to just be equipped with one of those things like Blofeld has in the James Bond film, where he just presses the button and then like the floor panel opens up and you go right into the piranha tank. Or like Burns has that button, he probably, the trap door in front of his desk. So, I mean, there you go. You're just standing on the side of the bridge, can't quite make up your mind. Bam. Button, you know, button press. Sidewalk vanishes. You fall. Problem solved. I mean, because the, the, the other, the, because the only other outcome is for everybody to just sit there waiting for you to do the inevitable, which is to just uh, cave in uh, and, you know, to whimper off, uh, you know, to a, to a downtown jail cell somewhere, which I think is what happened yesterday, right? right. So did you say that Kelsey was stuck in traffic? Oh, yeah. yeah. No, because she drove to Tacoma. And I didn't, yeah, I didn't realize that it was because some Some jackass, jackass closing the bridge. Well, he's certainly not going to win the Brass Balls Award, is he, for bridge jumping? <laughs> no. Did anybody care to nominate him for that? No. No, Isn't Tim, he, I would he not. did kill himself? Is, will his identity be released? I, uh, Usually I don't they know. don't with suicide people. But he's not a... Yes. Not a suicide. Attempted here's a, here's suicide. A, but he wasn't even attempted but suicide. Get all no, mad. <laughs> that is see, Chris, that's just wrong. Attempted suicide is when that's like if he jumps and he lands in some blackberry brambles right, by he, mistake. He belongs or, to an archery club. So that's, he's got a bow and arrow. I mean, attempted suicide is if he leaps off the bridge, but a barge happens to, shoot to be going arrow? below. Anyone no who tried to stop him? I wasn't aware he had a bow and arrow. Yes, it was the guy with the bow and arrow. But I mean. It, what was the bow and arrow for? I don't know. Was the was the bow and arrow just so he could was that so he could strike some sort of interesting pose on the way down like Cupid? Probably. Good God Almighty! All right. Well, in any event, so that happened. So he will never ever be uh, nominated for a Brass Balls Award as Clint Eastwood was at the 2009 Guys Choice Awards on the uh, not the Spice Channel but the uh, Spike the Channel. Spice Channel. <laughs> it sounds like a cooking channel. Here, well, here he is, uh, Clint Eastwood, accepting this great honor. I don't know where I am. I imagine seeing balls this much in front of him ever in my life. A man whose balls we all covet, one of the coolest guys of all time, Mr. Clint Eastwood. Knock it off. (laughs) All right, this is disgusting. All this discussion about balls and stuff. How can a man have five balls? 
possible. Thank you very much for having me here. This uh, I don't think I, he I is fully aware of where he's at. Golden balls award. I think he just likes to sing. What the hell is wrong with his yes. voice? Actually, they'll go kind of well with my John C. Holmes statue that I have in the back. But uh, I've been to a few award shows in my lifetime. But uh, this is definitely the, uh, well, certainly the best looking. Thank you very much for uh, having, giving me these balls. And uh, I will uh, I'm sorry, I will see, keep and I'm... them very carefully uh, for I'm... the rest of my existence. And, uh, in fact, I think I'll take him with me for my birthday party. I'm tomorrow. just encouraging him by laughing. I shouldn't do that. I will go nowhere without him. i got to say something else, because this is the last of the evening. This is the end of the evening, and so i got to tell you all one good thing. Get up and get out. What? I don't know what that means. I am so confused. <laughs> I think he is, too. I'm trying to figure out. Greg, did you know that the Guy Awards were happening on Spike? All right. So uh, I feel a little bit better that I was not aware that this uh, program was going to not that I would have watched it anyway. See, because I mean, I think really we're getting the I think we're getting the cream of it uh, here Monday morning. I don't think that I don't really think that I would have been better served by blocking out like three hours of my life to watch it. But Clint Eastwood sounds like the inside of his throat lining is just uh, flaking away, though, as he speaks it's like he's turning the Jack Klugman right before he our needs ears. To clear his throat. Yeah. There's right, Tim Riley. All righty. Uh, soldiers and veterans in Oregon are getting support from lawmakers. 24 new laws were created by the 2009 legislature. They're expected to help soldiers with logistical and legal support. Uh, bills are focused on helping soldiers avoid repossessions, keeping their jobs, staying in college, getting a home loan, and spending time with their families. How could that be a law? Well, apparently so. Five of the new laws are waiting for the governor's signature. Nineteen are already new laws as a result of a 27-member task force that created a report with recommendations to improve the lives of veterans from World War II to coming times, or current times. Well, get ready for another major rail project about to get underway. It won't affect you unless you work in the Rivergate Industrial District. They're going to do $14 million in track improvements. If you work around Terminal 6, that's Terminal 6, you may see some disruptions. Hey, you know, can I? I felt like a bad Portlander this weekend because somebody mentioned something, and I had no idea what they were talking about. And the woman actually stopped and looked at me, and she said, "How long have you lived here?" And I said, "I don't know, about twelve years, something like that." And she said, "I can't believe you don't know what I'm talking about." That is, Sarah, do you know what the big pipe is? No, Tim, it's, it's that major sewerage project. Okay, see, so you know. Uh, Greg probably see I didn't know either and I thought it was just me and so this weekend Laura and I we're we're doing this whole thing I think we mentioned this last week we're doing this whole thing of uh, uh, trying to get rid of a lot of our stuff just in general just uh, just we have I have a lot of crap just things that have and I used to be very Spartan in my existence because you know like all uh, radio uh, folk I just had to move from place to place uh, up and down the dial as Andy Travis would say and so I just tried not to collect a lot of things but of course I've been in Portland since whatever 97 98 whatever and so I've just kind of got all of this, uh, you know, all of these these boxes of things that have sort of accumulated in my house. And among them are a lot of books. And I love books. I really do. But I just, you reach a certain point where you look through your collection and there's a lot of stuff that you like or you enjoy or, you know, meant a lot to you at the time. But you just have to acknowledge you're probably never, ever, ever, ever going to read it again and that somebody else might enjoy it more. So we had all of this, uh, you know, all of this stuff we were trying to get rid of. And so I sorted through all my books and we put them in the various boxes and crates or whatever. And we took them down, not to the Powell's on Hawthorne or downtown, which is where I typically have gone, but to that Powell's warehouse that's in Northwest. And I had no idea it was even there. Uh, our, oh, the one uh, off of Broadway? Right, uh, 
Well, I don't know if it's off Broadway or not. It's out toward, um, it's like out toward Vaughn. Like where Wild Bills used to be, oh, okay. if you went no, to Wild Bills. Place. Really? Yeah, this is like, this, yeah, this is like in the industrial uh, area in Northwest. And so there's a huge warehouse there, and it's like the intake place where all of their books are processed, and it's where they do all of their internet orders as well. So if you buy something online, it all comes out of this huge warehouse in Northwest. But as a result, it's just not very crowded because you can't really buy stuff there. It is more or less just for selling and dropping off your books. Anyway, so we just take just tons and tons of stuff there. What was my point? What were we talking about just now? Oh, yeah. I don't so, know. I feel I'm going to pass out if we don't open the door in this room pretty soon. So <laughs> can, can we take a break, please? So <laughs> let me finish this gripping story about my book sales. Um, so we go there, and I'm kind of making small talk with a woman who's going through these thousands of books. And by the way, I, I calculated at one point that I was turning in probably, I don't know, probably $3,500 worth of books, and we ended up getting... Yes, $64 uh, in exchange Good for that. For you. So that was awesome. Or 72 in, in credit. But we went for the cash so we could buy lunch. And she said that that warehouse actually is going to be impacted at some point by this thing called the big pipe. And I said, what is that? What is, what is the big pipe? And she said, what do you mean? She said, how long have you lived here? And I said, like a decade. And she goes, you don't know what the big pipe is? And I said, no. And she actually told me, she said, well, you're kind of a bad Portlander, aren't you? And I said, I, I don't really know. But apparently it is, I get you, it's like a huge sewage project. It's gigantic. It's one of the biggest sewer pipes known to man. So what is it? But I mean, what is happening? Do we have some sewage issue that's not being addressed now? This is we the have thing more I'm, of it than ever before. See, that was People my... People are eating more, therefore they have to get rid of it. <laughs> so this is the discussion I was having with Lara is... If they've had this huge ongoing sewage project for like five or six or seven years, which involves putting in these massive pipes that are just the size of a house, apparently, what are they going to take care of that isn't being handled now? And where is the sewage going now that is theoretically going to go through those pipes? It shouldn't be. But what does that mean, really? Uh, I guess some of it. Every time it rains, it ends up in the river. Yeah, it's all going straight into the river. Is that the deal? So this is so this is all just uh, sewage is going straight into the Willamette. Right. I mean, we we know it's been going on all the time, but we just need a bigger sewer pipe to carry it away. Where is it going to be carried to now? Is it going to be carried to like a treatment plant somewhere? I don't. Ma- I think. Have we found is, another river is, somewhere is, that belongs to somebody else? We're going to stick it there. Someplace on the south waterfront. Uh, all right. So this is a so it's going to some sort of ill-defined place that's just not here. Yes. Okay. Well, as long as it's some place that nobody can see it. That's see. There you go. That's exact. Just a huge hole somewhere, like in Wyoming or a state that nobody's doing anything with. Do uh, one more here, and then we'll uh, try to get some air for the love of God. (laughs) Well, a special father of the year has just been named. After over 1,000 votes by animal lovers, Tesco, the Asian elephant at the Oregon Zoo, is the 2009 Father of the Year for the zoo. Yes, he's the father of a popular elephant calf. He took 55% of the votes with a sacky monkey named Barn Barn in second and a warty pig named Samar in third. Tesco is Tuskless. He is believed to have been born in 1971 near Thailand. A, a big... sacky monkey and a warty pig. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> Officials report he weighs about 14,000 pounds and stands about 10 feet tall. Imagine the sewage that he causes. Sacky Monkey and Warty Pig will be the, uh, that'll be the new crime fighting series that follows uh, a robot chicken uh, this fall. All right, well, let's, uh, hey, Tim, what is the temperature in here? Can you check? I don't know, but they're going to need a crowbar to pry these clothes <laughs> by the time we get out of here. I don't know what it is, but. What is the. Uh, it says it's below 60. I'm See, sure, but that's a yeah. lie. Uh-huh. That's, a, that's such a, hold on, I'm going to check right Below now. 60. I'm going to look. Hold on. No, 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 it's 82 degrees. It's getting warmer. That doesn't make any sense. 
It's only 82? Have well, we, no wonder I'm so here. comfortable in here. <laughs> have Why don't we read 10 more stories as I'm... It's <laughs> quite tropical. <laughs> <laughs> have we explored the possibility that it's opposite day, and as we lower uh, the thermostat, it suddenly it gets warmer somehow? Uh, Jesus. All right. It is 503-228-4101, ladies and gentlemen. Coming up in the next hour, we'll talk to CNN Radio correspondent Jim Roop from Los Angeles. We'll talk to us about uh, Chris Brown's preliminary hearing, which is happening today. Uh, later on, we have a pair of Portland Timbers tickets we're going to be giving away, as well as a pair of reserved seats to Stain, Shine Down, and Chevelle as part of KUFO's Summer of Rock. It is uh, the Rick Emerson Show. It's Monday morning, live from Portland, Oregon. The Rick Emerson Show. It is the Rick Emerson Show. We are live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon on Rock 101 KUFO. You can't tell me that you have a visual aid from the Swingers Club thing on Friday, but that you don't think you're going to you know, show it to me. I know, I Why know. Why you tell me that if you're not going to show it to us? I probably will. I just have to think about it for a minute. If you show me the visual aid from the Swingers Club, I'll uh, tell you what's wrong with my foot. How about if I show you, you don't tell me? Well, you drive a hard bargain, Sarah Dillon. I don't know, let's, let's both think about this. Well, you know, this, Greg maybe have to be the tie-breaking vote here, because Tim seems very interested in my foot disorder. Isn't that right, Tim? Yes, I'd like to hear about the injuries of others. All right, Nibbler, write to me and tell me if you think that we should see it or not. Is this the, uh, okay, so this is, uh, what, is this a photograph you took? Well, it's got to be a picture, right? It might be a picture. So it, this it's, is a, it's a, it's a, a, a trinket diagram? from... It's a trinket? Not a trinket, but it's a, it's a little when you say trinket, my evening that I brought with me to work today. When you say trinket, uh, is this the kind of trinket you might wear around your wrist? Greg does not want to see your foot. I didn't. Okay, it. I wasn't saying that I would that I would necessarily show it to you. Okay, but do you want to hear about what it is? Okay, let me just ask you this. Let me just cut to the chase here with the, with the trinket business. Yes. The, so this is. I have a, I have a thing that I have that is from Friday night. You may want to rephrase that because it sounds oh. like you're about to hit the clinic. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I'm sorry, I've got this thing from Friday. I'm gonna have to have it burned off. I uh, oh God. wow, is my face red? The so is this a um? All right, let me. It's it's, it's a picture. Okay, it so picture. it is a it is a picture of just one final question here, and then we'll uh, and then we'll move on. The uh, so Friday you went to the to the Ron Jeremy to Club uh, Club Sesso. This is you and Greg Nibbler and uh, and your hot friend Kelsey. And then now, if I can ask, we'll get more into this uh, next hour, but. What was the deal with Mrs. Nibbler not being there? Was it? Did uh, she she had just to work? Okay, but I mean, it was. Just, I mean, obviously, there's nothing untoward going yeah, so on. It was... but she, so it wasn't like she just said, "No, no, no, honey, you have a good time. I'll no, stay at the, home." No, the Nibblers are so freaking cute. Like they're just text messaging each other all night. Like, I love you. They I are love pretty you adorable. Too. They, they really would be. Don't take this the wrong way, Greg. But they would be like the world's most boring reality show because it seems like <laughs> they just get along really well and everything's sort of pleasant. So all is good in the Nibbler household. Yes, yeah, so it was Kelsey and Nibbler, and uh, we met up with Paddock and myself. Excellent. All right, and uh, various other. I'm assuming. See, now I'm doing that thing of getting ahead of myself, and I, I swear to God that uh, this, this will be the absolute final thing I ask. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming that there were various other CBS employees there. Oh, yeah. I mean, well, I, I, mean I, I just I won't, knew I won't name be names case. because what you know happened at Club Sesso well, is going to stay at of Club Sesso. Of course. Well, except for goes without saying. My, my personal experience there. Uh, Tim Riley's working on the following headlines uh, for you on this Monday. Well, speaking of CBS employees, looks like Walter Cronkite isn't dying after all. So say Walter Cronkite's people. Johnny Depp says he won't be Twittering anytime soon. Uh, the president does some hilarious stand-up comedy at a radio and TV correspondence dinner. 
Was it really hilarious? I guess we'll find out. It was. And then you have that Meghan McCain uh, thing that we'll get yes. to where she just... Uh, I feel kind of bad for her because she just got so creamed uh, by Paul Begala. I have no idea what you're talking about. I haven't yeah, seen she just it. Got, I mean, it. it wasn't like the well, worst thing ever. she's a young thing. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't like, you know, it wasn't like the worst meltdown in the history of television. But she did get pretty... She got pretty cuffed uh, by him. But it doesn't matter. She could, You know, and the thing is, and Bill Marshall clearly wants to hump her. I mean, not that he's alone in that. I'm just, I'm just saying it, it was... Like, he wasn't even trying to hide it. That's the great thing about being... The great thing about being a guy like Bill Maher, you know, is like you just don't you just don't have to hide anything. It's like I always said about, you know, like Stern versus like Rush Limbaugh. You know, that Rush had, you know, the, the pill popping problem and he's divorced three times and whatever. And it's, you know, the, the, the freedom that came with being like Howard is like, you know, hey, I saw Howard at a porn store. Well, who cares? You know, if you see Rush Limbaugh at a porn store, that's news. You see Howard walking around a porn store like that's just it's just Tuesday. So the thing about being Bill Maher is he can completely just let all over his female guests and nobody, uh, you know, and just goes with the territory. So. All right. So she so uh, Megan McCain is sort of the Kelly Clark to his uh, to his Rick Emerson. There's, <laughs> just put it that way. All right. Very quickly. Let's hit a couple of the stories from uh, from the Inquirer. I've boiled these down to their essence. By the way, I should say this week's Inquirer is so compelling in many ways. Here's what happened. I get the inquire. I put it down. The guy's ringing me up. He's like, okay, spray cheese, embarrassing purchase, embarrassing purchase, fat, fat, large, sugar, inquirer. And the clerk actually picked it up and stopped ringing up my purchases and began reading it behind the counter. And I finally had to say, <laughs> like, like Come on, dude. out loud? No, he was just sort of oh. looking through it. I finally had to go, like, over here waiting. And, you know, so, and he had to begin. Who do you think is on the cover of this week's inquirer? Here's a hint. It's the person they put on the front every time they have nothing else. Christy Alley. Yes. Look at this photo of Christy Alley. (laughs) She collapses. I'm fat and look like hell. (laughs) Yes. And another news. uh, How did she get so heavy so quickly? I don't know. That's ridiculous. It's a bad... I think it's just probably because of the moo-moo she's wearing. She looks like Joe... It looks like she's been filled up with water. She fell asleep (laughs) with a garden hose in her mouth and woke up and there she was. That's way better than my joke. I was going to say she looks like Joe Esterhaus if he just let his hair grow, but then got to shave. All right. Well, let's just do a couple of these. Ladies and gentlemen, it's another installment of We Read the Tabloids So You Don't Have To. From the Inquirer, Jake Gyllenhaal is refusing to marry fiance Reese Witherspoon unless she agrees to have his baby, sources say. <laughs> this is just for you, Sarah. Oh, Jake Gyllenhaal, I've forgotten about him. The 33-year-old so mother of two wants to postpone the baby decision until after they tie the knot. Now their wedding plans are on hold. Jake adores Reese's children and, will f- and feels one of their own will unite them as a family. He's very much in love with Reese, and she's equally in love with him. But he's demanding a child. I like the idea of demanding a child is he kind of a great phrase. To seed. Show me the child! He we, loves Reese to pieces. We have this... <laughs> really? Yes. Wow. It was right between the ribs, that one. Uh, let's see. From page uh, 17. With no man in her life, Jennifer Aniston's <laughs> dreams turn to opening her own restaurant. <laughs> that is the lead story. Wow, that sounds like the plot for it. Every, all of her movies? Really? <laughs> This is the lead story and then the lead headline. I mean, this is the big, first, big, splashy profile story in the New Enquirer. Right out of the gate, though, with this story. First sentence, with no man in her life. It's not just that, like, she's looking for another man or thinking of that special someone. No, no, no. Life she's not worth living. No, she's actually just given up on men altogether. There may not be any fire in Jennifer Anderson's love life right now, but the actress is certainly turning up the heat in the kitchen. The Marley and Me star is so obsessed with her newest passion, cooking, she's telling pals her dream is to open her own restaurant. 
Jen rarely eats her own creations, though, divulged a longtime friend of the actress. <laughs> she loves experimenting, but never really seems to eat. Although Jen loves uh, cooking at home in the kitchen, her ultimate dream is to open her own restaurant, according to the friend. And since there are no romantic prospects on the horizon, she has time and energy to burn. <laughs> and finally, Kirstie Alley is fat and looks like hell. I'm fat and look like hell, declared a till for Kirstie Alley after her latest desperate diet plan ended in disaster and she soared to 250 pounds. How did she gain that much weight so quickly? Well, Sarah. That takes some effort. I'm glad you asked. Despite her vow to stick to a diet, she has returned to a path of self-destruction. The star whose goal weight is 155 <laughs> is often seen eating a healthy egg white omelet for breakfast, but then... Asking the waiter to wrap a sticky bun or a piece of cheesecake in a towel to go. Kirsty is in trouble, says a friend. She's very self-conscious that diners will spot her overeating. One of her strategies to look like a modest eater is to take fattening dishes home hidden inside of shopping bags. When Kirsty shops to get fattening foods, she keeps a low profile and recently asked her manager to close the restaurant so she could eat in private. But he told her that she couldn't. The star's representatives denied that Kirstie is packed on the pound, say she's sticking to a weight loss program. She writes regularly on the internet about her diet regimen and even invited her Twitter audience to work out with her. There you go. There's another installment of We Read the Tabloids, so you don't have to. All right, straight ahead, CNN Radio correspondent Lisa Desjardins, followed by Tim Riley at the news desk. This is The Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. Stop shopping for all your cult-like devotion. It's like if let loose, they would kill you or leave you behind to die in a blizzard. RickEmerson.com. Do it now. It's the little beat after he says to die in a blizzard. And then it's just that, that half a second of music. That's really what makes it creepy. Hello there. It's the Rick Emerson Radio Program, live from beautiful Portland, Oregon. It's Rock 101 KUFO. Straight ahead, we have more news uh, with Tim Riley, including that uh, that Megan McCain thing, which we'll talk about, which is really just another chance for me to rhapsodize about how hot she is. I should say, that woman who looked a lot like Megan McCain that was in the doctor's office on Friday, I found out what she was there for. She was there with her baby. So there you go. That, the stories oh, never end well. you know. All right. Let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show, From the Hill, CNN Radio correspondent of the stars, the one and only Lisa Desjardins. Good morning. How are you today? Good morning. How are you? I am. Uh, I am fantabulous. I had. Uh, I had a wonderful and relaxing weekend in which I did almost nothing. Hey, so awesome. it was great. I. The only thing I really did. I left the house basically once uh, to take about seven thousand pounds of books uh, down to the. Um, the sort of intake warehouse for Powell's Books here in Portland, where they just sort of you know, just take all your stuff there, and they, they you know, and and then they sort through all of your books, and they decide that almost nothing is uh, is useful or likely to be purchased by anybody else. And then, if you're me, you have, I mean, literally just hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of books that Laura and I just decided you know, we're probably not going to read anymore. We should try to sell them, and then if not, we'll do whatever. And we figured that whatever is that, like they take them and they give them to the poor or some other socially responsible. No, they, the woman ended up taking. I think we, I think they gave us like sixty-seven dollars or something uh, in cash, or or the option of like seventy-five in store credit. And we're like, no, we'll just take sixty-seven dollars so we can eat. So they hand us the sixty-seven dollars for like the nine books that they wanted. And I look around and re- and this is not even half of the books we actually have at the house total, but. I mean, we have like seven huge crates of books, and I said, "So, um, 
will you just uh, donate these to somebody if we leave them? Will you just give these to uh, to the less fortunate? And she said, uh, well, if by donate you mean pulp, uh, yes. Yes, we will. So just, my books are really only good for being shredded into small and then liquefied pieces at this point. So that was all I left the house for. Other than that, I just uh, sat on my big American ass and did nothing. Hey, that's great. Hey, you know, but I meant to ask you this. I can tie like a whole bunch of things together. So on Friday, I was just talking about uh, sitting in the in the the waiting room at the doctor's office uh, where I was trying to not to overtly stare at this uh, hot girl who looked a lot like Meghan McCain. So I will work backward from the McCains to health care. So John McCain uh, was talking about North Korea uh, the other day because, you know, he's an elder statesman and, you know, so forth and still a voice in government. But. What what is what is the deal uh, with North Korea threatening to to launch a missile or something on the Fourth of July? And what are we uh, what are we going to be doing about that? Right, we're not clear exactly what we're going to be doing about it. The right now, the UN Security Council has left things this way. They've got a resolution saying North Korea shouldn't have any weapons. We're against them having weapons, and the way they're stepping up enforcement on that is by telling UN nations, everybody that uh, if they spot a North Korean ship that may be carrying weapons, they can then ask to board the ship. But the U.N. Security Council has not actually told the nations to board the ship. They've only told them to ask to board the ship. And the reason for that is because North Korea says boarding their ships is an act of war. So right now we have a ship, uh, you know, out there, North Korean ship traveling, suspected of having weapons on it. It is being tracked by a U.S. Navy ship, the USS John McCain, as a matter of fact, named after uh, the senator's grandfather, bizarrely. The John McCain is following the North Korean ship in surely what would be like a South Park episode somehow. Um, and and we're not sure if the U.S. is going to board that ship or not. All of this will potentially play a role in where things stand with North Korea when it comes up to July 4th. We don't know if North Korea is going to launch another missile on July 4th, but intelligence has been indicating that they will have the capability of doing so right around then and that they hear chatter that perhaps North Korea wants to make a statement by launching a missile by July 4th, and they think North Korea has the ability to launch a a missile that could hit Hawaii. Now, not necessarily a nuclear missile, because we don't think they have the technology. We don't know what kind of nukes they have at this point, if any, but we are almost sure that, as sure as you can get, that they do not have the capability to attach a nuclear weapon to a missile and send that off to Hawaii. But anyway, the the idea is that, you know, they'll they'll blast something off, try and intimidate us on July 4th. That's a possibility. We don't know for sure it's going to happen, but uh, it's where things are going. What is it? Let me ask you this. Are all these countries sort of jockeying for the position of lead villain at this point? I mean, is this sort of like... Is this kind of like when you get to the end of a video game level and there's this sort of big boss guy that you got to fight? But right now, but since the fall of the uh, you know the Soviet Union, we've never really had anybody step up to become uh, adversary number. There is no Drago to our uh, to our Rocky, and so Ivan no, Drago. Right, and so everybody's sort of competing, uh, you know, to, to you know to, to win the uh, you know to win the uh, whatever the the, the uh, you know the, the villain crown. 
hearts and hate. Right. Yeah, I think that it's almost like the World Series of Poker type game. There was a point where there were, you know, good six or seven potential villains all around the table. You know, you had Qaddafi, for example. I think when it came down to the last three or four, Qaddafi was still there. Castro was still there. You know, you know, Hugo Chavez may be trying to get in the game. Who knows? You know, but there was a point where Qaddafi clearly folded and walked away and was like, all right, you guys got me. You got me. I, I forget it. I'm out. I'm out. You are going to have to fight to be the top villains. And, you know, the, I guess the villain talent, perhaps thankfully for, thankfully for the world, Maybe not as strong as it was at the beginning of the 20th century. Gaddafi would be like the Doyle Brunson, uh, though, because he's like a thousand years old at this point. I, I you, can I just tell you, right? This is the first time I have thought about Muammar Gaddafi in probably nine years. And I think <laughs> probably nine years ago, we only mentioned his name to ask, like, whatever happened to that guy? Whatever that guy. Is he still wearing Does his hair still look like that? Did we ever figure out how to spell his last name, uh, more yeah, importantly? Yeah, no, the country, we have not. We have, and maybe that, had to, maybe that had a role in his demise. I don't know. Uh, white white polyester I, or, suits went out though. No, or if you're if you love peace, you would you would say rehabilitation. That he's now actually a, ostensibly at least a U.S. ally. Sure, he's uh, yes, he's 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 become a, he's become a a, a well seasoned and all embracing man of the world. I, mean, I still, even Osama bin Laden really, you know, has not. It, I mean, thankfully, no terrorist attacks. You know, knock on wood, it's great. But, but even I would say he probably is at the top of America's enemy list still. I don't think that. Um, you know, Ahmadinejad, any of those guys, Kim Jong-il, I don't think they compete with him. You know, Osama bin Laden being at the top of our enemies list at this point is like one of those surveys they release every year about dead celebrities that make the most. You know, it's like the, the biggest earning celebrity of 2008, Tupac Shakur, or whatever. And, you know, or like how Elvis Presley's estate is always talking about how he, right. he outgrosses everybody who's still alive. Right. That's sort of the uh, that's, that's sort of the Osama bin Laden thing. Those, he, he may, in fact, be dead, and we don't know, but he's still... He, he still carries more weight than a lot of these other guys. That's right. Uh, and and he, he really hasn't done anything, and you know, hopefully he won't. But it's, it's the staying power of his name and, and the fact that we don't have our hands around how, what is the threat really from these guys? How, how, what is the threat from North Korea? We don't know. It could be a lethal, uh, you know, world-changing threat. Or they could be bluffing sort of circa, you know, Leonid Brezhnev and from Soviet Union. We don't know. And to, uh, to sort of bring this all uh, back around to the beginning, did you see Meghan McCain on Bill Maher's show on Friday? No, I heard you mention this. I have not seen it. She was looking good. Uh, well, that's uh, th there, there are different opinions on her. Sarah does not necessarily – Sarah doesn't see the allure uh, in Meghan McCain. But let me put it – but let me ask you this, sir. You don't hmm. see the allure, but you see the allure that I see I in Meghan see, McCain. I can not? see it through your, like, trashy girl loving eyes. See, that's the thing is like I just got these two warring parts of my personality where on the one hand I love trashy girls on the other hand I find um I find it just uh, sort of any kind of denseness or stupidity sort of off-putting and I'm not going to go so far as to say she's actually stupid but I will say that she was very very overmatched she was way oh out of her God. league it was seriously it was like suiting up it was like you get one of those teams like you would see those like basketball teams from like Zagreb that would suit up against the American Dream team where it's like Scottie Pippen and Michael Jordan and just and Begala just uh, it just annihilated her it was it was it was difficult to watch it was awkward uh, oh, to watch really wow you know cuz she to a lot of like younger Republicans. She, I don't. Maybe the moment is ending, but I feel like she had a window where she was kind of their next great hope. Oh, I, don't get me wrong. I think she, she she comes off as very likable, which is yeah. very important. She's charismatic. She's likable. Genuine? She, Would you call her genuine or no? I think she's genuine, and I think she. Uh, I think her. I think she is sincere in in her motivations. But I think that, like Sarah Palin, I think she's a lot of motivations that kind of are around an empty vessel, knowledge wise. So she needs to. Somebody needs to get her in a room and, and be educating her. Uh,
Uh, This is really good because I had a moment of panic as I was coming on just now because the, you know, you're always reading from our prep sheet. Yes. I'll tell you what I got on my end. Uh, You know, Rick would like to talk to you about Chris Brown at 1018. (laughs) And I didn't notice that until I called in. I was like, oh, my God, I have no idea what is going on with Chris Brown. Uh, And I don't know. So. I'm glad that that was not the case. I'm glad it worked out well for all of us. That worked out, and actually, in, in researching him quickly, I realized he's not really that good looking of a guy. Chris Brown? Oh God, no. No, he's. I don't understand what what's going on with him. He's. he's I don't think he deserves all this fame. Although I guess he's very talented, but yeah. <laughs> on that note, all right, we'll, uh, we'll we will talk to you soon, Lisa. As always, have a fantastic day. Okay. All right, bye. Lisa Desjardins, ladies and gentlemen, just sort of ends on sort of a kind of a. It is Rock 101 KUFO. It's the Rick Emerson Show. Straight ahead, we have news with Tim Riley, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, we're also going to be uh, giving away a, a pair of reserve tickets to see uh, Stain, Shinedown, and Chevelle later on for the top of the hour. You stay there. This is the Foo Fighters. It's the Rick Emerson Show. It is Monday morning, live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. It's Rock 101 KUFO. Don't miss a moment of the Rick Emerson Show. Or you'll be filled with desperate, miserable shame. Listen online. Live or via podcast at KUFO.com. It is the Rick Emerson Show. We are live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. It's Rock 101 KUFO. Coming up next hour, we'll be giving away a half-off certificate to Pearl District Tattoo, ladies and gentlemen. That is next hour. Oh, and we're just a a few minutes away from uh, Greg Nibbler joining us in here to talk about uh, his excursion to the Swingers Club on uh, Friday with Sarah. So not together, well, not well, well, together. I mean, they were together, the, not not together not biblically speaking. <laughs> so this is you and your uh, hot friend Kelsey and Greg who went on Friday because it was now Friday was the grand opening of this of the Ron Jeremy's sex club, and it was yes, it was like a media night. But as I but it wasn't really a media night. Like I didn't see a lot of media people there. So was it? They weren't media people participating. They were just there to oh, observe. I well, wouldn't necessarily say that. Well, oh. see, but was it the deal that there was like a walk? through but you know before everything was sort of uh hopping and then and then the club opened for official business no, later it was, it was open as soon as we got there it was really already, no because there was a line and no it was it was all uh, like a lot of cbs radio folk and then yeah a lot of just people who were there as into swing all right it's, it's like the costco of swinging <laughs> and then you just can't wait <laughs> no, no so there wasn't anything yes yeah, so it's it like an iphone <laughs> but uh with more with more thrusting no, it definitely wasn't a media event. It was it was an actual like open night for the club. Excellent. I saw things that nobody should ever see. <laughs> I have been to the dark side, uh, and you have this visual aid. Are you going to be? Sh- have you decided to share the uh, whatever the visual aid is? Is this? A, let me ask you this: this visual aid that you have from Friday at the, the sex club. This um, um, is this a photograph of an activity taking place? Well, that would be not permitted in the club. Oh, that's right. Well, because I guess they are very discreet. Mm-hmm. Uh, is, is this a photograph of? Is it a photograph of a of a venue for that activity? E.g., a photograph of a huge bed or a, a hot tub for fifty or something. I don't want to ruin the surprise. Okay. For all right. All right. So, at top of the hour, we'll talk about that, uh, ladies and gentlemen. At the news desk, your personal savior, Tim Riley. <laughs> In the news with Tim Riley. Good morning, everyone. 747 Monday morning. Expect partly sunny skies today. Highs near 70. Tyler Backman is recovering from a birthday beating. He just left McFadden's bar over the weekend celebrating the 21st when as many as seven guys came up to him, demanded his wallet, and then attacked. This happened in Southwest First and Cooch. Somebody had to see something. He now has six broken ribs, a broken sternum, punctured lung, bruised lung, Possible spinal injury to the neck. 
Jeez. Worst thing about this is Backman is celebrating his 21st birthday unemployed with no insurance. Don't go to McFadden's. I, uh, was I mean, it, are they a fine sponsor? I thought this was going to be some sort of a, uh, well, I would say just. Uh, I have a zany story coming up. That wasn't it. Maybe take your friends with you uh, to sort of walk. Escort. Well, first of all, he, well, he was looking up. for he was looking for a friend. Oh, I see. So he's, uh, wait, is that, is that a thing? No, no, no. You're beating me in the face. You're probably not a friend of mine. Right. I thought this was like maybe some, some dude pals of his who had misunderstood the whole birthday spanking thing or perhaps thought this was a manlier version of that. No. How about a birthday beating with a pipe? That sounds great. We'll wait out here. No, it's not like some Spike TV thing. No. Well, McFadden's just as full of, you know, like angry, fighting well, meatheads. Well, it's that downtown area in general. When was this? Oh, Saturday night. Well, that's the thing. Yeah, from, from sundown Friday to sunup Sunday. Saturday night's all right for fighting. Anyway, anywhere downtown, like by that House of Louis place, anywhere down there, that is like... That is like douche central, that oh, place. Yeah. It's yeah. just it's just nothing but jackasses. Mm-hmm. Right, here's uh, Tim Riley. And then cops are investigating another fight outside a gay bar, leaving a woman injured. This happened at Casey's nightclub early yesterday morning. Customers claim they were continuing problems with the neighbors there, yelling homophobic slurs and spitting on patrons. Hmm. Okay, something a little lighter, please. Uh, police have arrested a man who was caught driving his car in reverse, heading north in the southbound lanes of I-5. Deputies say 30 people called 911 reporting Hiram Jin was driving the wrong way on I-5 near Castle Rock. Mr. Jin is from Montreal. He was behind the wheel of a rented 2009 Dodge Avenger. When they arrived, they found the car stopped in the middle lane southbound I-5. Mr. Jin was laughing hysterically and refused to open the door. (laughs) Okay, I like his style. To get Jin out of the car... Officers broke the window, used a taser on Mr. Jin, pulled him out of the car to arrest him on charges of reckless driving and third-degree assault. Well, drivers told 911 dispatchers they were frightened when they saw backup lights coming straight toward them, as anybody would. Wow. Uh, They say uh, Mr. Jin's family in Canada reported he may be off his meds necessary to control his manic depression. Mr. Jin fought with police and refused medical treatment after he and the deputy were cut by glass. Officers said they didn't know how the car... Had to be traveling in reverse, and for so long, they found it two miles from the nearest on-ramp and about a quarter mile from a rest area. Uh, Mr. Jin missed his scheduled court appearance because he was naked in the cell and refused to put on his clothes. <laughs> oh, see, I love him. See, that's the, see, guys like that, I look like I'm not encouraging everybody to get yeah, a high five. I like five him because he didn't wrong. hurt anybody. I, he didn't hurt anybody, and also because he was laughing hysterically, plus uh, it wouldn't put on his pants. Mm-hmm. So, And plus, tasing Mr. Jin sounds like some sort of a secret drink-making technique uh, that you would use if you were like a real upscale bartender somewhere that was busy you know, creating your own sort of uh, concoctions. No, 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 I'm just going to tase Mr. Jin ever so slightly here. Okay, and an olive, and we're good to go. Here's Tim Riley. Around the world, uh, breaking news, eyewitnesses say riot police are attacking hundreds of protesters in Iran with tear gas, firing live bullets into the air, uh, trying to disperse a rally in central Tehran. So it's s- only a matter of time before they bring out the tanks and start running people over. That whole section of the world is just useless. I mean, it's just... It, it, it really is. I mean, there's just nothing good happening. Oil makes people crazy. They, mm-hmm. It really does, Tim. Uh, so, uh, John McCain uh, sums up what he thinks of uh, Barack Obama's performance so far. I think he's done well. Meanwhile... Did he? Well, that's all that needs to be said, I guess. Okay. <laughs> His uh, daughter was on uh, Bill Maher the other night. So to speak. Mm-hmm. And before we get to that, uh, Bill Maher had uh, some interesting comments about Twitter and uh, what's going on in Iran in his usual humorous style. You know, it's sad about Iran, but what do you expect about a country that's it's, it's a government propped up by oil money that's led by a religious wacko? <clears throat> kind of like Alaska. <laughs> 
But the, uh, you know, the silver lining in this dark cloud is that Twitter found a reason to exist. <laughs> now, you know this. This could be the first revolution brought to you by Twitter, because that's how people are communicating to go to the rallies and so forth and show the pictures of what's going on. Authorities, of course, in Iran shut down cell phone networks. They shut down the Internet. Uh, calls are absolutely not getting through, or they are dropped immediately. Or as T-Mobile calls it, normal service. <laughs> So this was on Friday, and I yeah. I saw it was uh, uh, Meghan McCain, who is John McCain's daughter. And we've been sort of talking about how there's, there's all of these chicks that are jockeying for the position of, I guess, maybe, spo- like, they all want to be the Howard Dean uh, of the Republican Party. Is that the deal? Because he leads the DNC. And, yes. they, like, Sarah Palin is sort of a given. It's a given that she will try to run for president. It's a given that somebody will, that they won't let her, mm. that they will uh, take her aside and tell her that's not going to be allowed, but that they will then, I think the deal is, it's like a chess game where you try to see 10 moves ahead. I think they're figuring, like Meghan McCain is figuring, that Sarah Palin will try to run for president. They won't let her, but that they will buy her off by giving her, like, the RNC uh, chairmanship. And so that's why Meghan McCain and what, what's it, uh, Dick Cheney's other daughter, whatever her name is, uh, the one that's not Mary Cheney, they're all uh, sort of out there uh, kind of jockeying for position as well. They're, and they're all trying to block that slot by positioning themselves as the spokesperson for the Republicans. So they're just trying to find the least slutty one of the group, basically. <laughs> Did you say slutty? I, I may have. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm just checking. No. Not that I'm disagreeing. I'm just, uh, I couldn't quite tell you. Well, I was trying to cut to the chase. You moved away from what, the microphone at the last what, minute. What, what I, the party was trying to do here, obviously. Uh, well, by finding the least slutty, that's such a relative thing. It would almost have to be Dick Cheney's daughter just by default because Sarah Palin, I mean, look at her, and Meghan McCain, I mean, look at her. And so you know, it ends up being whoever's not one of them. So I have, um, so this is Meghan McCain and... It's not nearly as bad sounding as it is to watch, but it is still pretty bad. So this, it, it seems she's getting progressively smarter with every appearance. I think she's she's a quick learner. That's the thing about Meghan McCain is, and she is very charismatic. Uh, and as they say, the camera does like her. Um, did you notice how close she was sitting to Bill Maher? Though it was it was sort of like it was it, it was almost like on Larry King, where Larry's on one side, and then like Donnie and Marie are sitting right next to each other on the other. She was it was I expected by the end of the show for her to be sitting on Bill Maher's lap. <laughs> um, so this is uh, Meghan McCain and Bill Maher, and then Paul Begala, who's a sort of a Democratic flack and you know campaign strategist and so forth. So all uh, she is talking about how Obama needs to quit blaming everything. Uh, on George Bush. I wanted to ask you, first of all, I mean, your father had, you know, was, come on, he, they, had, they had some problems, he and George Bush, and then they made up. What does he really think of George Bush? <laughs> what do you think of George Bush? Um, I don't think he was our best president. I didn't vote for him, but at the time I was 19, and the scars from 2000 had still been left over emotionally. And I think... Well, let's look forward. I know, I want to look forward, <laughs> but I'm just, you asked me I'm what I thought. <laughs> Joking. But and I think that I I was not the biggest fan. There are things I like about him. There are things I don't like about him. I don't think he was a great great president. But what I think is that um, the Obama administration really has to stop completely blaming everything on its predecessor completely. And I really am sick of hearing, oh, well, we were handed this, we were handed this. I know, everyone knows, but we need to move on. Same thing, the theme with me, we need to move on. You think that's what Obama's doing? You think he's doing? I do, to a degree. And so then this is when Paul Begala steps in. Well, not, to, not to enough of a degree. I'm uh, sorry. And he, Paul Begala steps in and he references the fact, uh, he references the Reagan era. Not nearly enough. <laughs> Ronald Reagan blamed Jimmy Carter. Uh, Reagan blamed Jimmy Carter. 
In the speech, what President Bush said, one of the things he's had to adjust. Yeah, I to, wasn't born yet, so I don't know. Well, God, that's. <laughs> I, I wasn't born during the French Revolution, but I know about it. <laughs> Bam. And then, and and then, like that bad, but then she, but then she immediately retreats to what, Sarah? Mm, 9/11. No, <laughs> good guess, but no. He's no, a mean I mean, man. No, I mean, oh, no, no, you clearly know everything. So, and I'm just the blonde. Oh, no, no. Uh, I'm just the blonde girl. I'm just. I'm the one Republican sitting at this table. And then, and then at one point during this, Bill Maher actually, and I think it's for comic effect, but he actually stands up and does this mock human shield of her to protect her from, you know, from Paul Begala. So, and then she immediately retreats to the, uh, you know, you're mean to me, I'm just the dumb blonde or whatever. So it, it was not, and it's so much worse when you watch it. I mean, listening to it is sort of cringe-inducing. You watch it, and I, and I watched it two or three times, and it never got any less awful. Uh, here's Tim Riley at the news desk. Uh, so some of the other things go on. Somebody uh, spoke with Johnny Depp and asked him if he intends to Twitter. Well, he wasn't familiar with the term and doesn't plan to do it anytime soon. You're in a, a world where things don't make sense. you got to go somewhere... Where, where you can be quiet, you know, not be anything other than just me. So I shouldn't expect to see you on Twitter anytime soon. You know, I don't even know what Twitter is. It's a way of communicating and letting people know where you are and what you're doing. <laughs> yeah, uh, I might refrain from the Twitter. <laughs> I don't know why that's funny, but it is. I think it's because Johnny Depp makes a, because he makes everything stylish. All right. Uh, straight ahead, we will talk to Sarah Dillon and Greg Nibbler. We'll find out uh, what, what uh, went on Friday at the, uh, the the club. Is it Club Sesso or Sesso? Club Sesso. Club Sesso. Yeah. All right. We are going to take caller 10 at this immediate juncture, though. Uh, you will win a pair of reserve tickets to Stain, Shinedown, Chevelle, and Hailstorm, part of KUFO's Summer of Rock, happening at the Clark County Amphitheater uh, on August 10th. You can find out all the details about that at KUFO. Dot com, But if you are Caller 10, you win a pair of reserve tickets to that show. Stain, Shine Down, Chevelle, and Hailstorm, part of KUFO's Summer of Rock. Again, uh, tickets and more info at KUFO.com. It's 503-228-4101. We're straight ahead. It's the Rick Emerson Show, live from Portland, Oregon, on Monday morning. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. KUFO, Portland. I, of course, have no idea what we're even talking about. This is Sarah and Greg comparing notes about the swingers club. We're trying to assess what we can and can't say. Well, keep in mind that that I don't know anything about anything that happened on Friday except for the stuff that you've already told me on the air. So I, so in a way that I'm, I'm sort of the best person to ask about this because I cannot, like I couldn't inadvertently reveal anything of my life dependent on it. So we will obviously respect the. Uh, the discretion uh, of, uh, the or whatever, of the, uh, the privacy of everybody who is in attendance, yes. Remain anonymous. Uh, so, uh, uh, this is all true. All right. Um, so, Friday was the opening of, of Ron Jeremy's club, uh, Sesso, and we talked a lot about that. And then it, you had... So you so you got invited or you were Greg put himself on the guest list yes. because he's Greg. <laughs> Something that I would never have the power to do, but Greg apparently just waved his wand. And Greg was able to. Greg got uh, myself and a friend on the guest list as well. This is you and Kelsey. Yes. All right. And so, um, yeah. I hate to be this guy. What was what? Did the, oh no! Don't ask. I have to ask what no. you were wearing. I have to ask. It's guys oh, want to know. Like a. Um, and I have to ask what Kelsey was wearing. Like a black dress with. What like, did you think I was going to ask just now? I knew you were going to ask what Kelsey was wearing. Well, I can't not. I, I mean, it's uh, <laughs> because look, it has nothing to do with like what are you wearing. It has just to do with have like the visuals. <laughs> well, it's, 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 I'm painting a picture for the listeners, Sarah. Don't hate theater. Okay. Um, but I mean, you're going to like a 
you're going to a sex club, but on the other hand, you know, you're a somewhat reserved person in many ways. But on the other hand, like, you know, you want to look nice, but on the other hand, you don't want to look that kind of nice. I was wearing like a black dress uh, with like white, like platform, like wedge shoes. And Kelsey was wearing um, zip up boots and a polka dot dress. Excellent. Oh, is that that polka dot dress that I've seen her wear before? Yeah, the one. Oh, that sounded creepy. I'm sorry. I just, yeah. There's a look. I'm sounding just... a little too lecherous right now. <laughs> you know, it's just too much exposure to Bill Maher. Yeah. Um, anywho, all right. And uh, what was Greg wearing? Greg, See, we I'm... actually had to call the guy to make sure that he would still fit the dress code because we were looking at the club. Was he just? Wear, are you dressed? Were he you dressed as you are now? And like a rumpled? No, no. Shirt. It was a little bit his, better. Yeah, I had Rick a Rick Emerson uh, costume. I, I had a button-up shirt. Which basically is the same thing I wear every Barely. day, except for I put a button-up <laughs> shirt over it. Fantastic. Yeah, it was, it was blue your, jeans and a black shirt. Kind of like Seinfeld. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. I was and a little a, wrinkled. And a stocking cap. <laughs> so what time did you... And a gun. <laughs> so what time did you guys uh, get to the club on Friday? So you came over to my house at like 7, and we yeah. all sat on my back porch listening to music and drinking 40s of Mickey's, because that's how we roll, yo. And uh, so we end up getting... Uh, we end up going downtown, going to. This now, how did bar. you get there? Did you take the bus? No, Please we tell were, me you took the train or something. We were going to take the bus, but actually, Paddock was nice enough to come and pick us up. So he drove us downtown. Uh, we went to a bar, saw a bunch of co workers there, and we're like, oh, hey, all right, let's have one more beer. So we had one more beer over at the bar. This is like some porno version of The Office. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, it was all like a bunch of co workers and a bunch of the co workers' friends, and they were all, you know, half in the bag. As we, you, we'd had our 40, so we were doing pretty well. Yeah. So. We all, we have a beer there and then head over to the club, what, at like 9.30? Yeah, probably about that, yeah. 9.30, walk in. We have to sign, you know, like a huge waiver stack. It's like, right. You know, like a five-page thing because it's a membership club. So we get in. Now, are you a member of the club now? Yes, <laughs> I think. Are we? Is that what no, we signed? No, maybe it was just for Or is it like night. a one-time thing? It might have been a one-time thing. I, don't, I didn't even read any of the papers. I just maybe signed I just my name. Maybe I just I'm like, yeah, whatever. Like, that's great. Pages. You're going to log on to like Nibbler.com, uh, you know, uh, later, and it'll just be a picture of, of, I guess you probably didn't do anything, but I, this, yeah, no. you all, I would say those are papers you probably want to read unless you want your face to end up on some Czechoslovakian website uh, somewhere. No, it's kind of awesome, because one of the sales ladies who hooked us hooked us up with it, like, let us cut in line, so that's why we were just trying to do it as fast as we could, because all okay. the people were pissed, because they're all waiting in line, and we're just like, la, 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 wandering. So when you walk in, what is the first? thing you see um well it's actually it's it's like an open bar area in, it's like when a you first bar. walk in yeah, yeah there's like, a dance like a, floor mm-hmm. and yeah. a really nice like wooden bar off to the left and then off to the right there are a bunch of tables but there's like a checkered i believe it was like a checkered floor uh, like dance floor yeah thing. there's a dj playing and um so you see the floor you look upstairs there's a balcony and there's the second floor mm-hmm. up there so you can see a bunch of people like leaning over the railing and watching right. people downstairs it looks kind of like i mean it looks like a normal bar when you walk in there for the, at first. <laughs> Except for until, the sex act. Until, yeah. Until you reach the point where you have to set down your drink and go into the back room. So uh, the bottom floor. Are there no drinks allowed in the uh, in, the, in sexing the sexing area? In the sexing, no drinks, drinks allowed. So you take a, re- so when you walk down this hallway, on the first door on the right is the couple's room. Where you can't go in if you're a single man, but you can if you're a single lady, but it's pre- uh, preferable for couples. Okay, to- but it, but you have to, at the very minimum, be a woman and you uh, and, and ideally two people yes. going in together. All and right. then you walk down the hall and there are like uh, ben- like five or six different private rooms that have, you know, giant mattresses in them that you can like, that have windows too, so you can leave the window open or shut or the door open or shut. And, right, and the showers are down there too. Yeah, showers are down there. And then upstairs is the group sex area. That's basically like Behind a bar, like it, like where is it? Just like on the floor. I mean, not on the floor, but you know what I mean. Is it just like a like a a mattress or something set low to the ground? Like imagine a bar, like where the bartender usually stands. That that area where the bartender stands is full of mattress. Excellent. So it's just this giant mattress, and then there was the sex swing room, Mm -hmm. and then there were um, like four other, four or five other like private rooms. Did you tell me that? uh, We have to be very uh, 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 circumspect about this. Did you? uh, 
Did you tell me this morning that there was a room uh, that was set aside for yes. a specific act? That was the couple's room. Uh, spe- and believe you me, every chair in there was full. <laughs> by, like, by like midnight, I swear to God, I have never seen... Well, well, let me just yeah. uh, let me, for, let me for, uh, manicures. Yes, yes. Tim. Um, uh, a lot of girls were giving a lot of their boyfriends manicures. <laughs> I was actually going to ask. Let me just uh, steer this particular sh- this particular part of the ship. Um, so in the uh, in the manicure room. Yes. Was it just a a long row of chairs? There was like a row of like what, Greg? Like four or five like chairs. A, yeah. And then there were yeah. well, and then there were like kind of. Mattress couch things. Just like a barber shop, Tim. <laughs> um, <laughs> come on in and get your head cut. Seriously? There were about 10 couples in there at one point. And, uh, and this is couples where... Uh, it's like when... You know what it is? It, I, it, it like? No, no, no. Here's what it is. <laughs> Am I right in saying that this room you're describing at Club Sesso is less like a barber shop and more like a place where you get your shoes shined? Yes. Where you're sitting up there elevated and there's the person in front of you. That is exactly. That, it's yeah. like when I went through O'Hare and I'm uh, sitting there and I'm waiting for my flight and I'm thinking, hey, these shoes could use a good, uh, these shoes could use a good buffing. Uh, maybe I'll just sit here while this other person uh, goes to work on your shoes. Gets down there. Right. And so, my shoes. I like a little spit and polish. <laughs> Anywho, Anywho. <laughs> uh, so so the night progresses. So yes, so we get yes. the tour from um, this lovely lady. I can't remember. She's a listener. Uh, Stephen and his wife, uh, Shell, I believe. I know Stephen. Yes. Yes. All right. So they were there, and uh, so Shell gave us the tour. We come back down. Greg and I start drinking, and <laughs> like more and more people are coming in at this point, and the skirts are getting shorter, and the the heels are higher, and you know it's getting kind of hot, and people are starting to dance and stuff. Then we see our first couple, which is remember the two ladies. Yes. Yeah, that was a little uncomfortable. Yes. So there's this chair kind of off to the side of the dance floor, and we're like, who's going to be the first person to start doing this? So these ladies start entertaining each other. Yes. Yes. And before we know it, all of our coworkers are totally smashed, and this is when they start to hit on Greg. Well, that, okay, so this is, really, this is one of the questions I had. So am I to understand that it was, that it was, because look, you know, Greg is an attractive man, but I do wonder... I, it was odd because it sounds like it was almost exclusively couples that were coming. Like, so, Greg, have you ever thought we about being running a, away. a kept this, man? And this was the thing. Like, it wasn't just them. There were other ones, too. And I don't know whether this was because they found me attractive or I looked like an easy target. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's what I'm not sure about. Look at that guy. He has low were, self-esteem. Yeah. <laughs> you were kind of sauced at that point. Yeah. Just like, he seems like a happy smile. drunk and kind of poor. <laughs> and maybe uncomfortable. He, maybe... <laughs> Maybe he needs someone to assuage his nervousness. Yeah. <laughs> Go give him a back rub. Yes, yeah, so I keep seeing this couple cornering him, and he's like, help me, help me. And this now girl who, keeps like, trickling her fingers I, down no, his that back. No, that was going to be my question. So when the couples are approaching you, Greg, is it mm. who is making the first move? Is it the man or the woman? The woman. Oh, it was definitely the woman. Really? And so mm. was oh, it, I, I was, with the I was husband, witnessing this, and we were sitting there laughing. Like a would woman. the husband sort of stand back and watch his wife come in for the approach? That's exactly what And she what sort of, you know. And he was kind of hovering. Hey there, which sitting in mm-hmm. chairs and he's kind of hovering behind us and she, so she sort of flies in and then just sort of says so uh my name is tabitha yeah essentially you, uh, yeah essentially yeah yeah so it was, let me uh, ask you this did you know this woman before no not really okay. did you, now when the woman would come when the female half of a couple would come in and try to hit on you i mean it's a sex club so is the is the hitting on you really overt does she just say like do you want to go uh, or is it a whole lot of like 
Hey, my name is uh, it's, my name it's is Denise. Not over. What's, no, it wasn't, what's your name? It, it was it was more of a, uh, a you know light touch on the back oh. type of thing. Uh, hey, yeah, have you met my close. Oh. Yes, exactly oh. that kind of thing. Oh, and, wow. bad. and and like I said, they were not the only one. There was there was a couple of other couples that were very much. Were you hit on by any me. by any single women? No. <laughs> no. You just look like a fun play thing. I was going to say, yes, I don't know. You are apparently a way for couples to get uh, closer to one another. You're, <laughs> I guess you, so. you know what you are? You're the thing that will heal the damaged relationship, Greg. You're the uh, you're the glue that will repair their broken marriage. <laughs> I'm the third in looking for a third. <laughs> MW looking for G. Uh, is this like when you've had the kid and that didn't work? And uh, maybe you've, uh, you know, uh, maybe the husband humped a tennis instructor somewhere and that didn't work. Maybe if you both have the guy over to the house, that'll work. I did meet somebody who was trying to level it out with his wife because his wife had cheated on him. Oh, really? Yeah. And so he's just like, I'm so here he... to get laid tonight. I'm Wait, like, was she there with him? She was there, yeah. So he got a free shot? So he got a freebie. But so this just... is totally like you get a free throw after you get body <laughs> checked? We were outside. <laughs> hey, I had sex with the gardener. Well, I know where I'm headed tonight, honey. <laughs> yeah, so we, st- we stepped outside to get some air and then he was out there and he's like smoking away and I'm just like are you okay and wait a minute now was this couple that was hitting on you were they co-workers I uh, yes oh that is awesome no it uh, was it got a lot more messy than that it, yeah I I don't even know how much to uh and keep in mind that I wasn't there so I couldn't I couldn't no, you don't know and I'm not going to specify oh, no, 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 yeah. there's obviously we no would, specification and I would not ask and I would not expect you to and we would never uh, reveal anything like that I'm just saying because I'm coming at it from a place of total ignorance uh, I could just let me ask you this uh, and I'll, I'll ask Sarah this, Sarah. You can, and you can either answer or not. Um, were a couple of the people that I would just expect yes. to be there? Uh, were they there? <laughs> yes. And drunk and behaving as I would no, expect them to. No, you know what? Actually, the person that you I know, know who I'm talking about to too. About was the best behave out of the bunch. That person was not drunk and, and um, well, she was drunk. He was drunk. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't even going to specify oh, the gender. <laughs> the person. With a penis. You know exactly who I'm talking about, but that person (laughs) was not sauced, because I would expect them to be sauced and like, look at these! It was the person's associates that were actually... um... Because that that person is a lot like Kitty on Arrested Development, which, you know, (laughs) you will never see these again. Yeah, I have to say, though, it was the people that we are in question were associated with with this person. Awesome. Yes. Well, that won't make things uncomfortable when everybody... uh... When everybody yes. filters out into the building later, it's a good thing everybody's showing up to work in like seven minutes. Well, that's why we leave early. Um, so, so let me ask you: So, was Ron Jeremy there? Because oh, his, he was you know, there. his name is on the club, and he's obviously you know one of the owners or the owner, and and uh, you know he works with some other folks to to run the place. But um, actually, well, it was rad. So Nibbler and I were standing outside, and we see this cab pull up, and all of a sudden we see this like these long legs come out, and there's like this girl you know wearing a really really short skirt pile out of the cab, and lo and behold, see the other door open. And there comes Ron in his yeah. sweatpants and his Ron Jeremy's Club Sesso t-shirt. That is fantastic. <laughs> and the great thing about that guy is he doesn't, I mean, because his persona is that of kind of a regular guy, and he's not a regular guy in some ways, but you know what I mean? He's not. He's rad. He's, he's, he's a cool guy. But he's not a conventionally handsome man. Uh, and he's kind of schlumpy and, you know, kind of dresses like a schnook and whatever. But that's his thing. Like, he doesn't ever have to dress up. He can just be like, hey, I'm Ron Jeremy. Like, mm-hmm. that is his that is his persona, so he can just roll with it. He never has to, uh, you know, to be anything other than what he is. He did say that he thought our show was funny. Excellent. That was that was a big compliment. Like, yeah. Nibbler and I are both like, "Hey, you know, we're from KUFO." Blah, so you blah, did. Blah. So you talked to him. You did have. Oh, mm-hmm. we yes. Yeah, I talked. Wait, to what him does quite, that mean? I mean, not what do you at that mean? Point. You talked to him quite a bit. That I mean, was, maybe, that was when he initially showed up. Uh, a little bit later, we. Uh, yeah, we had some more conversations. And maybe perhaps I got trapped in a room with him for about twenty minutes. Well, by yes. uh, what do you mean trapped in a room? 
I mean, my friend and I wandered back into one of the like um, R. Kelly trapped rooms. in a room. No, we wandered back to one of the private rooms and accidentally and opened the door because one of the owners was like, "Hey, you know, you can go say hi to Ron." So we're like, okay, so we. Oh, you back. just want to? So you went back to have conversation? Yes, to say hi. Um, and all the doors are locked, and the last one is kind of cracked open. And so my friend Jay and I, we opened the door, and there's Ron uh, with a lady. In flagrante delecto. Who is trying to polish his shoes, but um, <laughs> but we were just like, oh my God, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. He's like, no, 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 come in. No, come guys, in. come on in, it's okay. And this girl was so pissed off, like she just goes, and she sunk I didn't want an audience. No, she sunk on the ground, and like I, then I noticed that her underwear is sitting next to her, and she's like, oh, and starts like pulling her underwear. Wait a minute, so she stopped? Yeah, she stopped. Did she leave? No. She wouldn't leave. So he's just like, sit down, sit down. So Jay and I sit on this mattress across from Ron Jeremy, who was just being... Uh, who was yes. engaged in an act. Yes, They're doing some scrapbooking. Yes. Yes, yes, doing some scrapbooking. <laughs> and so the girl just kind of like humps and like sits down next to him on the chair. And he's just like, so are you guys having fun tonight? Wait a minute. Hold on. Let me understand this. So you and, you and your friend Jay walk in. Yes. Uh, Ron is in the middle of an act uh, with a woman. Well, she's just about ready to. She's yes. Um, was, it was uh, had they had things concluded? Had we been about ten seconds later, I believe that it would have been in the act. Oh, wait a minute, hold on. W- were they engaged? No, in... no. She was. She was preparing to yes. engage. She was undressing, and she had was, prepared to to, 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 to engage. Was... Uh, but okay, so she. It's like in a fraternity when you assume the position. Yes. Uh, but before they hit you with the paddle. So, uh, so well, you know, the thing about it is, this is the other great thing about being Ron Jeremy. Any other guy would be like, oh, come on, I was just about to... Uh. No, and he wouldn't let us leave. Like, Jay and I Well, no, because he's, he's got 500 other chicks out there that are waiting to pierce his bras. Oh, he, there what does he care? there was a line. There was a line. And so there was a line. Is it like, is that like, is that like when you get your line to get your photo taken with Santa at the mall? Oh, yeah. Wow. Except for it wasn't Santa. <laughs> Jesus. All right. Well, and they weren't necessarily sitting on his lap. Okay, so what is the... Well... Some of them might have been. Uh, what, so what is the uh, So what is the visual... We should do... Uh, yeah, so, we should continue. On okay, but you got some a visual aid of something. It's a photograph of something. It okay. is awesome. All right. Well, okay, so we'll talk about that when we come back. Uh, later on, news uh, from Tim Riley, ladies and gentlemen. And before the top of the hour, we'll give away a half-off certificate uh, to Pearl District Tattoo. That's coming up. All right, when we return, we'll talk about the Club Cecil more with uh, Greg Nibbler and Sarah Dillon, who were there. It is the Rick Emerson Show. This, one of the finest songs ever recorded from Appetite for Destruction, Guns N' Roses, and Mr. Brownstone. It's the Rick Emerson Show. We are live from Portland, effing Oregon. Beautiful downtown Portland. It is Rock 101, KUFO. The Rick Emerson Show, live or via podcast at KUFO.com. Hey, what's next? Are people going to start having sex with ducks? When can that start? That's There's a special room for that. <laughs> it is the Rick Emerson Show. We are live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. It's Rock 101 KUFO. Straight ahead, we have news with uh, Tim Riley. We're here with uh, Sarah X. Dillon and production assistant uh, Greg Nibbler, both of whom were in attendance at the opening of Ron Jeremy's Club Sesso on Friday. So... See, I can't figure out if I lament not going or not. I think it was you all... You would have appreciated it. It was for the best, I think. I, I, think saw, was... I saw things that I wish I could unsee, but at the same time, I'm happy I did because... Oh, yeah, I don't regret going at all. Real. Yeah, well, of course, no, you're the belle of the ball, Greg. <laughs> you're probably not sociable enough for a place like that. Every Everybody... No, that's what I'm saying. It's Greg like was I'm... the belle of the ball. It was his night. I'm so awkward all the time anyway, and I it, it just... I can't even imagine how awkward it would be if I'm like, oh, hello, I'm nervous, and... Uh, uh, Why make it worse with sex? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Why ruin? It's been a lovely evening. Let's not ruin it with sex, shall we? 
So, meanwhile, there's like every single person who works upstairs at CBS apparently trying to drag Greg home to their husband or wife. Oh, man. So, good God. Well, Are you going to have to... Down here. As often as they should, I that guess. That was going to be my question, actually. Do you do you think... That, how do I put this? Uh, well, they, they don't have security clearance to get that close to them here. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Got to fight the girls off with a stick. Let me, right. uh, let me ask you this, Greg. Uh, what are the odds, would you say, that sometime over the next week, you will at some point come face-to-face with someone here at CBS Radio Portland... Uh, who was? Um, oh, I'm going to make sure. Attempting to uh, to seduce <laughs> oh. you at the swingers club. Uh, Keeping in mind, I don't know who we're talking about. Uh, I'd it, say it's pretty low, really, and I can make it a lot lower. Right. I think Sarah could make it a lot higher. So Sarah, it sounds like it's a wash. Sarah yes. actually could. Yes, probably. <laughs> you should, uh, you, Sarah. What you shouldn't do is have like a uh, set up a business meeting or leave a note <laughs> yeah. saying like, "I need to ask you about that annual spot that we just started airing. Please come see me, Greg." And <laughs> please uh, just wait in Greg's room with him. <laughs> please <laughs> wait in Greg's Greg's room wearing only your shoes. <laughs> Thank you so much. But you know what? Flash forward to the end of the night. Um, not that specific girl, but her friend actually, um, was. Totally sucking Ron Jeremy's face. Oh yeah, going. Like, someone from like, here. Oh yeah. Someone from here was making out with Ron Jeremy. The, making out like against a wall. Fantastic. Against a brick wall. Leaning a, up against him. Well, he's a, of, he's a big man. He needs a lot of support. And it was right in the entranceway too. So people are just walking <sighs> by. And people are kind of looking like. Is, is that, that Ron Jeremy? <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, oh, pinned him against the wall. Awesome. <laughs> he didn't like, even look. Her, her hands are a wandering. I'm like, oh. Hey, look, no. you know, I, as I think I said earlier, you know what? Ron Jeremy wanted to make out with me. I'd probably give it a good long thought. So that, that girl Why works not? with us, right? I think, well, she was with the group. I, I don't well, know. Well, for now, anyway. In that yeah. part, I didn't know who exactly worked or not, but uh, I think they all do. Is this yeah. covered by the CBS Employee Conduct Handbook? Man, oh, man, it was ridiculous. I should bring the handbook in tomorrow and see if humping Ron Jeremy in public is, <laughs> if that's if that's allowed. And then Pretty she comes soon like... they're going to have group cubicles upstairs if they're not careful. <laughs> no, the girl, she's like stumbling around and her lipstick's all smeared. She's like, I smell Ron Jeremy. There's going to be like... one big sales cubicle upstairs with a waterbed in the middle of it. <laughs> That's great. No, the girl was very... Lube is for closers. Well, that that could be the price for signing annuals. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Or the means by which you would sign an annual. Am I right, guys? Yes. Uh, I know the Bam. way the business works. All right. Well, in any event. Okay, uh, so yeah, so saw the girl tonguing around Jeremy. Got stuck in a room with him for like, yeah, for like 20 minutes. And, okay. and then uh, we ended up talking to him outside. And so Greg and I really wanted to get a picture with him. And so Greg and I... Don't so, we have pictures with uh, we do, but, with Ron Jeremy? Well, Greg doesn't. But we were a little excited. We're like, come on, let's, we, we have to do. get a picture with him. So Greg and I got this really cute picture um, with us, with Ron Jeremy, that I'll post. And then Greg took another picture of Ron and I, and I was just standing there next to him. And uh, Greg's were just like, you know, kissy face for the camera. And I was like... Is this the visual aid you were describing? Yes. Where can I see this? I'm going to send it to you right now. Okay, right. Just Would this it. be appropriate, like, for a Christmas card? <laughs> Look at what happened to All right, me. hold on. I am opening uh, this photo that Sarah... Now, is this going to be posted somewhere? I don't know. Hold on, let me look. I don't really want to. I feel I, I, this is a, So what I'm about to see, this is you and Ron Jeremy taken a as picture. you were leaving the, the sex club. Yes. All right. Wow. <laughs> oh, I have to go see this. Yeah, yeah. Your, you your expression says it all. Um, so this is is this the same brick wall where he was humping it out with the yes, co-worker of ours I was yeah. trying to take a picture and do you see how hard he's grabbing my face this is Sarah uh, with her pressed up against a brick wall Ron is squeezing her face with his left hand and then and you were, not, no right my lips there. were closed do you see that I was like yeah you know you you have the um, you have the look I like you look of lust you, you, you have that did I leave my mace at home look you were kind of squealing while it was going on too. I, know, like, I was like ah, and he had a 
firm grip on my face. Wow. Well, he's, yeah. Uh, Can you see why I might not want that? No, it's not as bad as I thought it would be. I, I, I mean, your, your face is almost lifeless. It's so white. <laughs> I was thinking, here's what I thought the photo would be. I was thinking it would be a photograph of you and Ron Jeremy, but then you would realize later that, like, in the background is, like, somebody, you know. No, I almost had my camera taken, or my phone taken away. Oh, yeah, they don't, because they're very, and, and by the way, you everyone will note for the record uh, that we've been very discreet and everyone's privacy has been respected, especially because... Because I know, and 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 I I don't know, but there was I know that there was someone there. You said, sort of in your best New York Post style, there was someone there that you the, uh, the, you said that there was a person there, and this person said, "Hey, I'm here, but no one can know." No, angrily too. It's just like ab- this person was like, "Absolutely not. There, in no way can you say that I was here on the air." All right, see, and so we're you know we're a respectful show we in that way. This photograph of you with Ron Jeremy is awesome. Okay, you can put it up. All right, thank you. Oh, it just makes me feel so dirty. <laughs> thank you. Well, that's, uh, you know, it, 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 but see, relatively, that's so much, like, tamer than I thought it was going to be. I well, well, also, for the record, uh, my friend writes sometimes for Vice magazine, and I mm-hmm. think that might be the picture accompanying his what? article. Now, Kelsey, none of my business, but Kelsey is, uh, uh, she's, she's a man. Yeah. And so she was, and so obviously she was just observing. But, I mean, was she, was she with you guys the whole time, or did she sort of strike out on her own, or? She struck out on her own. For I don't know a to what bit. extent she gets into like I kind she of, might be a voyeur or anything. I just don't she know. She was supposed to meet us at a bar, <laughs> and a half an hour went by. No, Kelsey, where did she go? And then, uh, yeah, I found her eventually <laughs> in the room with the shoe shining, <laughs> just observing. Just, oh, just watching, just, just sort of taking it in. She's just like hmm. I can see that. No, no, no. Yeah. I could see Kelsey just uh, just being an observer. See, it that's. Was, because, I mean, I think it goes without saying that that is, that is the only way in which I could ever see it myself attending anything like that. Mm-hmm. It's just the from the observational point of view. Oh, I just no. And we saw... Um, I don't even like to try and close in a changing room. I don't, you know, that's a... I had to do, that's just all kind of, I had to do that this weekend, and it makes me feel weird. So, I mean, just the, uh, taking my shoes off in public makes me uncomfortable. Well, then Greg and I at one point were upstairs, and we were just, like, leaning on this bar thing, you know, where there's a bed, and then there was a... Um, a performance. A performance mm-hmm. happening with right. th- uh, three people. Yes. Which was a little interesting. But, I mean, how far were you from the performance? Mm, very, well, three feet, four feet. Really? It's basically like sitting up at the bar and then right on the other side where the bartender would be. That's Like, they're like that's, from me to where right your there. laptop is. Okay, yeah. there's no way I can't ask this. It's the like last the question. It was wrong. It was, yeah. I saw things that should, yeah, it was. I have to ask this. Yes. And I'm sorry, and I apologize. So, please forgive me for asking this question. And then you can answer this however you like. Uh, maybe there is no answer. The whole place in general. Well, was it? Did it, did it smell bad at any point, or did oh, it smell well, pleasant? It just opened. But it smelled. Uh, it smelled pleasant. There was no. Because you think a lot well, of people sweating like Red Bull and, and yeah, sad. you know. And, <laughs> no, it I mean I hear it. I mean, I've, it look, was like uh, warm. Um, it just smelled like Red Bull and like candles, kind of. Yeah, and because, it didn't smell because no. from all yeah, all indications are it was really clean. Like they had sheets everywhere. That That's my thing. Yeah. And, and I'm because and I'm not just saying this because they were you know they're a part of they advertise. I'm just, we've heard from all indications. It's a great place, very upscale, very whatever. I'm just saying but the ambiance is a, a lot, a lot more of calories than perhaps another club that we've been to before. And I would think there's a lot of calories being burned there, but it sounds like they have planned for that and they have compensated for it appropriately. No, and the rooms are like very spaced out and there isn't like where the humping rooms are are not very adjacent to the dance floor slash bar area. All right. right. There's 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 a far enough separation. It is it yeah. is so segmented people go there out. just to dance and not necessarily There were people dancing. Well, that's and when they were doing other things. We were but I mean we were when we toured the other place they told us that there were people who just went and they just hung out and they didn't necessarily well, that was do the anything. interesting thing too is that like you just walk into the bar area and you just think it's a dance floor but people can do anything they want anywhere. Which is so there are like tables and stuff. There's like a chair sitting next to the dance floor. Like I'm moving see, the like, bowl of goldfish crackers. No, Pardon people. me. 
going at it, I'm like, wow, this is just completely bizarre. Fantastic. It was so, amazing. You should have gone. Other than that, it's like going to an Applebee's. It's, ex- it's exactly like that. <laughs> yes. Right. Except for instead of plates of food, they're bowls of cups. An alligator with sunglasses. <laughs> now I've seen everything. Uh, are we what are we doing here? We uh, okay. Uh, so we're going to take this opportunity, uh, kids. And we're going to give away a uh, Pearl District tattoo gift certificate, and it's a fifty dollars certificate. The Pearl District tattoo, and uh, they are the Pearl's first and only custom skin gallery. It's the Portland's uh, finest tattoo experience. Your skin. Their canvas, which sounds even more appropriate now given the recent discussion. They can start a new beginning on you. They are located at Northwest 9th and Northrop. You can get a hold of them at 503-241-4713. If you are caller 10 right now at 503-228-4101, you will get a uh, $50 certificate uh, to Pearl District Tattoo. And don't forget, this coming Friday at 9 a.m., this coming Friday at 9 a.m., you're going to be able to uh, get those at uh, KUFO.com. But right now, if you're caller 10 at 503-228-4101, you'll get a certificate to Pearl District Tattoo. The Rick Emerson Show concludes with Tim Riley. When we come back, it is Rock 101 KUFO. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. More of the Rick Emerson Show in mere moments, only on Rock 101 KUFO. It is the Rick Emerson Show live from Portland, Oregon. It's Rock 101 KUFO. Be sure to join us tomorrow when our guests will include Dax Holt from TMZ.com uh, and Don Taylor from Cinematical. At the news desk, your personal savior, Tim Riley. In the news with Tim Riley. Good morning, everyone. It is 8.54. Expect mostly sunny skies today. Highs near 70. We have an injury accident reported at Northwest Cornelius Pass Road at West Union. Lots of breaking stories. The Craigslist killer has just been arraigned in Boston. He pled not guilty. Then... Lots of serious skull-cracking going on in Iran as riot police attacked hundreds of demonstrators with tear gas and live bullets. Then... Ryan O'Neill said he will marry Farrah Fawcett. They will get married as soon as she's able to say yes. Following up on a story we had uh, last week, it appears that uh, Walter Cronkite is in much better shape than previously thought by those near him. Whenever Cronkite came into a class, he just lit up the room. I mean, I, I've been around students for you know, going on 30 years, and I never saw the effect upon students of um, having Walter Cronkite walk into their classroom. Says that guy. Says that guy. Meanwhile, state officials have announced plans to open 15 new liquor stores around the state of Washington. They're adding locations to help relieve the state's current budget woes. Apparently, a lot of people want this. A set of fake fingernails caused quite a promotion at Mount Vernon Salon. According to reports, a 13-year-old girl refused to pay the asking price for her new nails. That's when the technician allegedly tried to pry the nails from her fingers. Oh. And those things adhere, like, really well. Uh, yeah, that's like Mighty Glue they Was put on there. acrylics? Uh, well, they're fake, so... Yeah, those bond to your nails. Like, that's a, a paste that hardens oh, into a plastic. Oh, I've seen them, yeah. you got to use, like, a special chemical to get that off, right? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh. Was she successful in prying them off? Please tell me she was. Well, apparently, Mom showed up and volunteered to pay $10, but they still owe 20 so... But, I mean, what was the resolution? Did the, fi- the, police, stumps? The, the police showed up to defuse the situation. Oh, uh, that's too bad. Mm-hmm. I mean, look, you signed to pay the service, you pay the service. Don't be a jackass, kid. And that's the way it goes. All right. That's the top of the news for today. All right, kids, there you go. We want to thank CNN Radio Correspondent Steve Kastenbaum and Lisa Desjardins for joining us today, as well as CNN Radio Correspondent Jim 
Roop. Rick Emerson Show produced today and every day by the lovely and talented uh, Sarah Stillen for Rock 101, KUFO in the newsroom. Tim Riley on the phones, the production assistant Greg Nibbler, the gatekeepers Dave Zinn at the front desk, the webmistress Bridget from upstairs, CBS Radio Portland marketing guru Susan Don't F With Me Reynolds and executive producer Christopher J. Paddock. Coming up next, it is Smells Like the 90s with our good friend Buzz. Again, uh, tomorrow we'll be joined by Dax Holt from TMZ and Don Taylor from Cinematical. It is Monday, June 22nd, 2009, and that is The Frequency, Kenneth. As always, thank you for listening. Be safe. Uh, see you all tomorrow. This is Rick Emerson saying, watch out for snakes. need to be aware that kids are calling it by the more popular slang term, butt hash. Attention broadcasters in the greater Portland area, your daily show prep is now concluded. Thank you for listening. <laughs>